0: Broadcasting live from Global Headquarters and RP Enterprises in Greenwood, Missouri. Stand by on this frequency. After 22 years of entertaining FM radio listeners across the, US, across the U.S., this man is the owner and executive producer of the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl on Sportsman's Channel, CEO and founder of Dumar Chemical Solutions, and the man behind the mic of Papa Ron Radio voiceovers and production. He's the man, the myth. The legend, a global icon, future Nobel Prize winner, and of course he paid me to say all this. Really? Literally. Welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast. Here's your host, Ronnie Phillips. Ronnie Phillips.
1: And we're back. Can you believe it? This here is episode 16 of the Buffalo Podcast. Yeah! <laughs> you know, I get myself in this little funk because or not funk rather, but in a predicament because every time I lead off the podcast, I want to say I'm so excited about this particular podcast. This is going to be one of my favorite, and that's how I feel about today's podcast and this week because not only do we have a couple good friends in studio, we got a guy who's Done some pretty cool things in the music industry, and then I got a special co-host who who I've been able to work with for the last, well, not the last 10 years, but for 10 years during my time at Q104 in Kansas City. So uh, first, let me introduce my co-host, Jillian Gregg. Ladies first, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm happy to have this you feels here. feels good. Does it? It yeah. feels like to be
1: back in radio. And of course, our featured guest on the Papa Ron Podcast, Mr. Tate Stevens, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Doing great, buddy. Thank you for Thanks. being here. Thanks for having me. Well, there is a lot to talk about tonight and I think that one of the things I want to start the podcast off with is how this whole th- I, I, I'm going to I'm going to tease. I'm going to put a little teaser out there because how Tate and I came together to about uh, doing this podcast was <laughs> because he heard another podcast. He heard a podcast with our friend Travis Marvin. Yep. And uh, upon hearing that podcast, he reached out to me and said, "You know, I kind of want to kind of want to set the record straight, right?" <laughs> Well, just on, at least on my part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get into that in just a bit. So, Tate, what has life been like since since winning the X Factor 10 years ago? Terrible.
3: Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, it's been good, man. I cannot complain because here's, here's the thing. No one's going to listen. Uh, and they don't <laughs> listen because they're like, hey, man, you won the largest purse ever on on a TV show.
1: To this uh, date, is that is yeah, it still it's, to this date? It's the largest
3: wow. one ever. Wow. Um, well, which and, by the
1: way is five million dollars, correct?
3: You, we, okay, for now well, I'm going yes, <laughs> yes. <right? For> <laughs> to yes say yes. Yes and no. I'm going to say. Are they still yes making
1: payments on that?
3: No, no. Uh, okay, we're done. We're done. Uh, it, it's a five million dollar recording contract. Mm-hmm. So did they?
1: You hey, five million dollars? Mm, yeah. anyway, no. So, so
3: uh, mm. short no. Uh, yes and no. Okay. So, all right. So, let me ask pass.
1: you this Have you blown through the five million dollars? Absolutely. Okay. First day. Mm. First day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
3: No, no, uh, like I said, is there it, so there's nothing left in the kitty? Yeah, no, there is. Uh, oh, really? Good. Here's okay. the thing it, the way that that contract was structured, um, they're weird. American Idol, um, The Voice, um, of course, their theirs aren't as large. Their purse prize winning mm-hmm. isn't as large, but um, probably for good reason. They're still on the air, and X Factor is back in Europe. <laughs> Where yeah. Uh, but uh, really, so what happens is you win a $5 million recording contract. What that means is Sony picks up your tab for for five albums and five promotions.
1: Okay.
3: You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. um, it's basically they give you an advancement on your record. You go in and record an album, and then they say, hey, here's a million dollars. They have to recoup their money. mhm <laughs> mm-hmm. so- Mm -hmm. It's nothing's given to anybody, right? So anyway, I mean, and and it's just like if I would have walked into Sony and as a, just an artist and they signed me off the street and said, Hey, we're going to sign you to a deal. Mm -hmm. They're 360. They get their money back. They will put in what they, they have to put in to make you a success Mm -hmm. or not. um, And then they still get it back regardless if you work or not. Right. This is how it works. Right. So it's the same thing. They just gave me an advancement. And so they said, here's your advancement. Now go make money. And go make us a lot of money, <laughs> kind of thing. That's what they did. <laughs> so,
2: and so, how'd that work out?
3: <laughs> I'm doing the Ron podcast. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I know I'm such a damn big deal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, so no, it's, it worked out good. Yeah. Here's the thing: um, I've 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 been an artist since I was a, a, a high school kid. Right? Yeah. Uh, I graduated high school in 1994. In May of '94, went on the road December of '94. So uh, from May to December, I joined a band here in Kansas City called the Dixie Cadillacs. Mm-hmm. I was the front man for that band for five years. We were gone 250 plus days a year.
1: Wow!
3: Uh, I was 19. Hmm. Um, and, and uh, Were you married yet? No, not yet. Not yet. We got married. We we're 20, 20. Like We've been married 25 years this year. Okay. Congratulations so, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah thank you. It's big. for her. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulate her. Did you
2: meet her on the road or before?
3: No, we were high school sweethearts. Oh yeah. gosh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course you were. Hold on, my is bad. Is that her? That this is, that is her. Is <laughs> it yeah. really? Put her on speakerphone. Oh, Put her on speakerphone. Boss, hold on just a, little, a second. Little warning. <laughs> Hello? Where are you at? I'm I'm doing the Popperon podcast. You're only. live on the air. You're actually live right now. People are listening oh. to you speak. Okay, well, I'm no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. And I, I told him we'd been married for 25 years this year. And uh, he said, how did you do it? And I said, how, you know, he was like, how did you put up with all that? For years? <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> so, did, not say that.
1: did not say that.
3: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, you're you're bothering us. You're actually ruining the show. <laughs>
1: not at all. Hey, happy 25th anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so,
3: anyway, I will. We'll be done tomorrow. Yeah, I'll, it's going to be a couple hours, morning.
1: honey. <laughs> I'll see you in the morning. All right. Okay, love you. Have fun. Bye. Well, that's a first <laughs> on the Popper Ron podcast. <laughs> so, that's pretty cool. So, anyway, as you um, were saying, yeah, right. that's a weird. Well, really weird coincidence, weird by the yeah. way, what we were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
3: so we were high school sweethearts, and um, she was a year older in school than I. Um, so you know, it just worked out that it it worked as weird as that is uh i was gone uh we got married i think i was 21 when mm-hmm. we got married i think mm-hmm. i want i want to mm-hmm. say that right mm-hmm. okay i'm 47 <laughs> 25 i'm not good at math so anyway uh, uh <laughs> so anyway we got married um and then in 2001 uh or no 2000 uh, i kind of decided the Cadillacs were at a point in that in, in our thing. We were like a regional act, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. We played all around the country, all around the world. I've been we played in Germany and Puerto Rico and a lot of cool places. But um it was just it was kind of running its course, and and we kept playing the same clubs and the same fairs and the same circuits, and and it's like, man, we were just not getting anywhere, and and I think they were okay with it, and I wasn't. And I was like, mm. I, I'm I'm still a kid. I I have this dream, right? I have yeah. this this vision, and uh, so we we had a I had a deal with Warner Brothers, um, in early night like late '99. M- meaning I didn't have a deal, but we were working uh, Doug Grau was the vice president and at Warner at the time. Um, and he we played at the Wild Horse in Nashville and uh, he was when a you say show. we,
1: you're talking about the, like, band? Yeah, yeah, the band. Okay.
3: And and uh, our producer at the time, a guy named Steve Grauberger, Kansas City guy, moved to Nashville songwriter, he wrote Give It To Me Straight, the Tim McGraw tune. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um he wrote that and he wrote some other songs for some other people and he was producing us at that time. So he invited Doug and some of his industry friends out to watch us. Well, Doug really took interest in me and that, okay. So this is where Tate Stevens is born. Okay. My, my nickname's Tater. Yeah. And most people (laughs) know me as Tater. Right. They don't know, you know, and a few of my friends call me Tate way back in the day, Mm -hmm. just as a short for Tater. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, my name's Steve Eatinger, by the way. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, whatever. Um, wait,
2: your name's Steve?
3: Yeah, my Wait a minute, Jill, you didn't know this?
2: No, 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 wait.
3: wait no, no, no. No, no, me I can't call you Steve. No, I know. I have I know. to
2: process this for just a second.
3: Okay, but so I'm telling you how uh, this is. Yeah, this is how it tastes. By the way, my real
1: name is Phil. <laughs> so True story. So yeah. so I'm not We're cool. all going to get to know each other. Jill, I'm what's kidding. your real name? Your
4: Jillian, name? Is, Jillian is my real name. Phil and Steve. Yeah, right.
3: Anyway, so... So anyway, I'm, we're playing at the Wild Horse, and Doug Rouse there, and he comes out, and he's like, uh, he was like Tater, huh? Because I would just introduce myself as Tater, you know, and I'm Tater, y'all, thank you for coming out, whatever. He's like, Tater. He said, Tater's a short, fat kid that lived down the street. <laughs> Everybody knows him. Right? And I'm like, that's kind of me, right? Yeah, You're yeah. kind of describing. But he he's like, so what's your first name? What's your real name? I said, my name's Steve Edinger. He said, Steven? I said, yeah. He goes, how do you spell it? And I said, with a P-H. And he said, okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm like, okay, great. He said, "Cool, Tate." Right yeah. Tate's very country. And he goes, you're very country. He goes, dude, yeah. you are country as cornbread. And I said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he, he, he's like, okay, your first name is Tate. Your last name is Stevens with a V. Ah. Add an S to your first name, Tate Stevens. So that, the next night at the Wild Horse, I said, I'm Tate Stevens, everybody. Thank you so much. No way. And I walked off, and so Tate Stevens was born. Yeah, that was 1990. I know seven. I guess maybe that was 97. So okay, was so back up 97.
2: So at least he didn't name you Cornbread. Yeah, <laughs> Cornbread. <laughs>
3: that would yeah. have been really. I bad. mean, now you yeah. can
1: be Jelly Roll and get played on country radio. So that's, what difference does yeah. it make, right? Hey, what, I think Tater would fit yeah. You know, perfect.
3: Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, that's that's where Tate Stevens came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 90, I think it was 97. Now that um, now I remember, ADD is amazing. But you <laughs> know, and, and and old old and math. being old and math. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so ninety nine i I just realized we'd kind of went out and he he said i want I want to sign you as a single solo artist. Okay. I don't need the band. Well, to me, that was kind of a slap in the face because yeah. I'm like, these are the guys that taught me the ropes, man. right These are the guys that really showed me how to entertain people mm-hmm. when there was no one in a in a nightclub in Fargo, North Dakota
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, or
1: my not North Dakota. At a place called Friday. By the way, those are all great waterfowl hunting areas. Yeah, they're great. great, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, I know exactly. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like,
3: it's like, I don't, I, you know, these are the ones who basically taught me how to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't not have them around. And and so then it kind of worked out where he got fired. (laughs) He got fired. He said, "You're the next artist. I'm going to sign it at Warner." He got fired. What was
1: his title there?
3: He was the A and R guy. Oh, so he was going to sign me and, and the producer who was producing Steve Grabberger, he was going to produce my records. Right. So it was all going to be a cool little package and friends and whatever, how it works. The good old boy thing. Well, it didn't work. I didn't get signed because he got fired. I I had recorded some songs uh, that Mark Wright and some other big writers at the time, um, had written through Steve and Steve's like, listen, this is a lot better stuff than you've have and that you've written or recorded so far. Mm-hmm. So let's turn that in to Warner, mm. you know, through Doug and everything. So we, we did, and, and the guy passed, the new A&R guy passed. He was like, listen, you're great. I'm not saying anything like that, but we're going to pass because we're going in a different direction. That's the term <laughs> for you suck, <laughs> see yep. you later. Yep. 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 And so I'm like, okay, cool, go in your different direction. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I've been turned down by every label in town several times, and it's okay
1: right it so but you're happens. 19 20 at this point
3: i was 20 yeah i was like 20 years old at
1: this point point. and you're you but you had already been passed by a yeah, lot of labels by yeah, then abso- even absolutely because i was really how did con- you get the exposure because that's really tough to do
3: yeah, because of the people that the band the dixie cadillac guys knew oh, okay steve Grauberger for one yeah. there were some other guys that had had lived in kansas city played with some artists and moved to nashville and they kind of kept up those friendships well they had friends in the industry and we would get these little cool hey let's go showcase mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: when you showcase mm-hmm. you'd go i'd go down there and i would sing my face off yeah and mm-hmm. do my best and just work work my ass off really sure trying to impress somebody enough for them to go hey this kid that wears a hat he can really sing mm-hmm. yeah. and the songs aren't bad mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's all i that's what we were hoping for sure it never happened it was like really good band really good sound
1: thanks for feeding us okay so you weren't heartbroken at 20 years of age because oh, you'd already a- experienced denial
3: yeah no, no, yeah yeah, in yeah. The last so, couple of years yeah and 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 so to kind of wrap up this part of my journey my musical journey if you will um we would we would you know after being turned down by everybody several times we were still working a lot man i literally gone 250 plus days a year um and and my now wife and our child she was a single mom for Mm -hmm. for real Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. you know i'd come home for a day or two and then i was gone for a week or two or two weeks three weeks Mm. come home for a day or two maybe three or four days and then i'd screw everything up she'd Hayden, our son, <laughs> uh, she—I <laughs> feel terrible. I, I, I'm i of terrible proportions, but so <laughs> she was trying to.
1: <laughs> you're not a terrible person. She,
3: she would try to have him in bed at a certain time and all that, yeah. and I'm like, "Ah, you're good. You're staying yeah. up with dad tonight. You know, yeah. I haven't uh, seen you in two weeks. Uh-huh. You know, so I'd screw everything up. All their, our gotcha. their things. all that So yeah. yeah, the routines yeah. and and stuff and and um uh you know it was it was one of those things so right at the end of 99 first of 2000 I'd already started thinking about doing my own thing because I knew they were kind of coming to a, a, a crossroads with their what they wanted and what they saw and I'm like I'm okay with that but I I want to keep going I need that record deal I need that Mm-hmm. For my career, right? Mm-hmm. Um and they were good with being the Dixie Cadillacs here in town and play and they still played and they still play today. Were they really? a lot older than you? Yeah, they were a lot older than I was. I mean, so they just
1: got com- not re- complacent maybe' not is really, the extreme, but, but, but they just content. Just, they were just content.
3: content they they knew that their time had passed. they knew that they could still make money playing music and mm-hmm. having fun and doing what they love. And so they were okay with that. And we hired a guitar player right before I left we hired a guitar player named Phil Vandal. I know mm-hmm. Phil absolutely. <laughs> oh, so I'm the one that got him in our band okay. because oh, wow. he was my age, okay. and I'm like, if I surround myself with the guys that are like me, yeah, mm-hmm. and yep. like minded, mm-hmm. we can make this thing work. Okay, okay. That was my whole thing. Uh, so we hired Phil, great guitar player, great sure. singer. Yeah, you know, Phil's uh, Phil's a super talented guy. So we hired Phil, and uh, Phil and I hit it off. You know, we were like same age guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so we could we had that in common and and kinda had that vision of, hey, this is we need to go here. Um but then I realized that I'm like, you know what? Hmm. I'm I'm really not it's not working. For whatever reason. It still wasn't working. And I uh Hayden's like three years old at this point, our son. And uh I remember getting home late uh one night we'd always be late late at night or early in the morning to beat traffic and to get we were in a van and trailer man Mm -hmm. there was no tour buses Mm -hmm. we had a bus for a while but Mm -hmm. it kept breaking down (laughs) we sold it and it was just it was miserable so we were in a van and trailer the whole time and and uh i remember uh like it was yesterday this is uh this is kind of where the 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 person that i am sometimes comes out a lot in me uh my family means the, the most to mm-hmm. me, right? Right. So um, Hayden was like three. He had the little race car bed. Mm-hmm. You know those little things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we lived in an apartment. Wait a minute.
1: What, what, what car was he driving? I don't, I
3: don't. You know, it was, I was don't. Petty, it, it was was Richard no, Petty. Was it Cale Yarbrough? No, like, no, it was. It was just a red and yellow and okay. blue. I was gonna say it was probably
2: blue car. and red.
1: Yeah, know, yeah,
3: it was, it was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. we were broke, Sorry. dude. I'm a musician. Right. musician. My wife. I was just
1: trying to appease all my NASCAR fans <laughs> here for a second because you know, I got yeah. so many of them. Yeah, yeah but,
3: but so uh, my wife <laughs> actually worked at the uh, daycare where he went to where he went. So she, she ran one of the classes. That's how we got free daycare. Yeah. Okay. And she made like eight bucks an hour mm-hmm. doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was terrible. And I, we were broke. I mean, literally broke. We lived in an apartment in Raytown. And, and you know, we did what we did to survive, right? So um, <clears throat> I, I remember getting home. And, uh, late and, and it was, I was beat and, you know, I, like I said, I screwed up their routines all the time. I came <laughs> home. Uh, and he didn't want to go to bed. He didn't want to go to bed. And, and I had, I literally had just like a day at home. So I get home, didn't really see him. We all went to bed. Um, the next day we had a good day. Uh, I was leaving that morning mm, early mm. and, uh, I remember sitting there next to him in his bed, in his little race car bed and my arm. Was in it and asleep because he was holding on to it And it was mm-hmm. cutting all the yeah, circulation yeah. So I was trying to get up To go to bed you know because I Had to leave in a few hours you right. know get a few Hours of sleep and, right. and go And, and uh, I thought he was asleep And so I did the whole Kind of getting that and he woke Up he's like dad no and I said Hayden I said Listen you got to go to sleep you got to Go to bed daddy's got to go to bed I'm tired and I Got to mm-hmm. go to bed too mm-hmm. you need to go to sleep And he said no you'll leave
1: mm-hmm. He's two
3: or three? He's then? three. Oh, my gosh. And he said, no, you'll leave. That's mm. tough. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. So okay. I had to leave, you know. Sure. Uh, and, and that's when I kind of made that decision. I I told the guys in the band, I said, listen, I'm out. Um, no hard feelings. I love you. You know, you guys are, are great. And I'll always, you know, hold this really close because right. of what you've done for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to go home. My kid, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, 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 this sucks. Right. Uh, and, and so I got a real job as they say, you know, uh-huh. and, and, uh, start doing construction work and things like that. Things that I could do. I'd had, I had no training or anything for anything else, but music, music, right. you know, right. um, and here I am 20 some years old and, and, you know, starting life, uh, doing something, sure, you know, so I, I was worked in a machine shop for a while with my brother. He got me a job, uh, doing that. And I, I had built houses, framed houses and stuff for a while. Um, and then I got a job with the city of Belton
1: a few years later. Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. What? (laughs) What? I was
2: waiting for that. What?
1: You got a job? I got a job. So that wasn't staged or dramatized? No. Okay, for those who are listening to this podcast, (laughs) and this being your first exposure to the Popper Podcast, I now, not now, but after this episode, go back and listen to the episode with Travis Marvin.
3: Yeah, so I digress. Go ahead. Anyway, um, 2000, mm, where are we at? (sighs) 2012 was my last year, so 10 years, 2002. I got on 2002, 2003, right in there, I got on with the city of Belton. Okay. Worked at the water department for four years, um, and then transferred to the street department. And I was there for around six years okay. with okay. the street department. We did asphalt and concrete and stuff mm-hmm. like that with the street department. So, yeah, no, that's a real thing.
1: Okay. You can fact check You can fact check that. We got to this a lot quicker than I expected, 20 minutes into this. And so let's right. dive into it. You listened right. to the podcast with Travis. What was your reaction when you heard him say that?
3: I just laughed because he had
1: no idea. Okay. He, you know,
3: and, and, and not to his fault. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not When gonna you say that you need to clarify
1: him. what you mean by that.
3: So, um, I, he, what he said was, you know, there's no way Tate really worked on a concrete or asphalt truck or whatever he did for more than a month before the show, because that's all, they just make these storylines up. Mm-hmm.
2: And, he, and, he, and can I say something here? Because I just listened to this podcast a few days ago, so it's a little more maybe fresh in my mind. So... He was not just talking about you, and not just about the X Factor, but all the reality, like right. just right, yeah, together. That oh, none yeah. of they're all staged. They know from the yeah. very beginning who's going to win all this, yeah. and I'm like, I'm sitting there going, "What?"
3: Yeah, so what? Uh, we'll get so we'll get to that now. Now listen, I, and I will say something that what he said is somewhat true um, with reality shows, all of them: The Voice, mm-hmm. X Factor, mm-hmm. American Idol, they're all so they are reality TV shows, okay. Really, a lot of the only things that's real are the people in them, a lot. OK, mm-hmm. so they do have to make up storylines for certain people. Mm-hmm. They do have to embellish certain things sure. for certain people because that's how they get ratings. That's right. how they make the drama in the show. That's how they get people to vote for people or people to like an artist or people to hate someone. Mm-hmm. OK, that's <laughs> it's real. That, what he said. So that part of it's true. There are some things that they make up. So, so I wanna, here's, here's I, my story. OK, so what he said was there's no way. I did it for ten years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um can't make that up. You can fact check all, call the city of Belton and say, how long did mm-hmm. Steve Eatinger work for you?
2: <laughs> yes, yeah,
5: Steve.
1: You know, now yeah. that
3: you yeah, know Steve,
2: tell us the truth. Yes, yeah,
3: Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so so um yeah.
2: Uh, Still blown away by that.
3: Yeah. So uh what what they did for f- with my story on the X Factor is they took it as your your blue-collar guy, which I am, which mm-hmm. I was, still am, um, went to work every day, had a family, mm-hmm. um, went to football games, went to, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that our kids do because we still do it. And why wouldn't you do it, I guess? I don't right. know. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so they, they just ran with that because it's middle America.
1: Mm-hmm. It resonates. It resonates, it's right? It's compelling.
3: So now, did they have to, did they want to change me in certain ways? Absolutely. Not my person, but the way I, they didn't want me to wear a cowboy hat. They were like, do you always wear a cowboy hat? And I said, yeah,
1: pretty much. What did they want you to wear? Uh,
3: nothing. Nothing. Or ball or just style my
1: hair. Like, whoa, nothing, huh? Really? Like, That's a yeah. different approach. Yeah. <laughs> Come on stage
3: naked, Tater. <laughs> yeah. We would have got voted off of quickly. Yeah. Uh,
1: believe me. So no hat is basically what you said. Yeah, you're
3: they saying. were like no hat or maybe a ball cap and I was like, I, I do wear a ball cap every once in a while when I play. Yeah. But when
1: you perform you wear a cowboy hat. When i yeah,
3: when I'm performing I I I make fun of it now I call it my clown suit put my clown suit on mm-hmm. you know so it's jeans, boots, hat, shirt that kind of thing and I go mm-hmm. out and do my thing and and so they did dress me up a little bit differently they tried to put skinny jeans on me I am not a skinny person <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work I, and I told them I said listen I will try to put on and wear I said I don't like jackets I don't really like performing yeah you in wore jackets. a jacket though and they made me wear some jackets uh-huh. so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, so I'll get back to that so Um, but it was okay. I mean, at least they, you know, it was, it was something that I would have worn, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, uh. Yeah, so they, they couldn't really do anything with, with me as far as changing me. I don't think I'm smart enough to figure it out anyway. They would have been like, this poor bastard is just, he is what he is, and then you're, you're stuck. Yeah. You're stuck with what he is.
1: I so- would be interested in knowing what they did and how to what great lengths they did with some of the other contestants that made the, the live show in just a second. But I want to go back to something because they're... I don't want to get too far off this Travis topic because you all were right. talking about what he said and what her interpretation was, your interpretation, and my interpretation. One of the things that I picked up when talking to Travis was that he was calling BS on the fact that when were, you're in the live shows, and they, because they were live shows, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was 10 years ago. I don't remember yeah, all that well. But, yeah. you know, so they're, they're through this whole process as they're building this character of Tate Stevens and he's a contender, you know, and then they're going yeah. back and they're showing footage of you working for the city. Yeah. And that's where he, I was my interpretation, aside from the fact that he questioned whether or not how long you worked there. Right. And we all know that that now he was inaccurate about that. But where he was calling the BS was is like, there was no way that they were out there filming that. There was no way that they were out there catching him before he was a contestant on the show. So you then have to go back and you have to reenact that, that you're working for the city to Mm -hmm. show a compelling message. So elaborate on that a little bit.
3: Okay, so those things that you saw me working... Breaking asphalt and stuff yes. off the truck, um, yeah. I actually so before the live shows started, we couldn't we couldn't. It, once I made the live shows, um, we couldn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I would already made the live shows before you ever seen the audition. Yeah. So I we were I was already going to L. A. Yeah. Before right. you ever before the the public got to see the auditions. Right. Okay. So before the auditions came out, or yeah, before the auditions came out. They came to my house in, in Raymore. We lived in Raymore at the time. And uh, you know, they were like, Hey, does what's what do you guys do? And I'm like, We don't really do much of anything. We're pretty born. <laughs> Literally. And, and they were like, okay. We watch Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they were like, Well, we're like, do you guys I said, We just eat dinner every night as a family and yeah. stuff. It's like normal, like normal stuff, right? Yeah. And they were like, You guys eat dinner as a family? I swear, I swear to you. I'm like, Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, what are we doing? <laughs> right, and, then, and they were right, like, right. can you make something for dinner? It's, it's like noon, right? Uh-huh, right. <laughs> and my son had a football game that day uh-huh. um, at the high school. So uh, a JV football game. And they were like, can you act like it's breakfast time? Okay. Can you make some breakfast for everybody? And then we're going to go to your son's school you and watch the game and film me at the game. Right. And then we're going to go to the city of Belton and film you working.
1: <laughs> right. Well, air quotes. Yeah, you do got a lot of air quotes going on. Right? Right. You <laughs> should be able to see yeah. if you want to watch this podcast on YouTube yeah. or the Papa Ron podcast on Spotify. You can yeah. catch Chaitin his air, air quotes.
3: quotes. I, d- I do them because it's it's kind of like I'm just I don't know. Anyway, I'm not real smart. You? Uh, so I did. I made I made biscuits and gravy which is my favorite. Told mm-hmm. you, I uh, made some biscuits and gravy and eggs and stuff. And then I fed the whole crew. <laughs> they were like, that's so good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. so what we do. They were like, you guys do this for real. And I'm like, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? And so anyway, so we ate, they filmed us eating and talking about the day, you know, okay. All right, guys, we will have a good day at school. I'm going to work now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was weird, but, yeah. and then we went to the football game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, filmed that and they made me wear a cowboy hat at the football game
2: Ah, was
3: that weird yeah yeah because i don't do that unless i'm performing yeah every once in a while i'll put a cowboy hat on like if i'm going to do something or go to a show so
1: raymore is not that i mean it's not a small town but it's not a big town and so my my point is is that
3: everybody everybody's so so, there yeah but
1: what is going on here yeah there's all these cameras
3: yeah and they were they were like why are why are the cameras here with you guys you know, and you I, can't say nothing. And I said, "Well, I said I, um, I'm doing a, I'm doing a show." Mm. That's all I said. <laughs> Duh. And there were <laughs> like, cameras. So they had, to, <laughs> they had to sign waivers, yeah, like an NDA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, "All right, whatever." Um, then we went to the city, and the guys were doing some road work, and I, yeah. I was working. <laughs> I was actually still an employee. Mm-hmm. I hadn't gone anywhere yet. Gotcha. So excuse me, um, we go, we're doing work on a road, and they just bring the cameras. And they film me working mm-hmm. and, and talking. They mm-hmm. mic the guys up yeah. and a couple of them, and I'm like, yeah. don't mic him up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to mic these people up, okay? Because right, right, right. that's not going to be good for anybody. But anyway, so they mic my buddy Randy up, and uh, we're talking, and he was like, man, we know this is, we know you're, you shouldn't be doing this. We all know that. Mm-hmm. you should be an artist and doing your thing. Yeah. So, um, but they kind of guided him. They had to because he's not an actor or anything. Sure. These are d- just dudes, man. They they yeah. just work every day. And, and uh, so. We, What's
1: one of their times where you, uh, you said Randy, right? Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. mic'd him up. There was times where like they were, um, again, I'm trying to go back 10 years. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. But it was like they were trying to like catch this authentic genuine conversation that you two were having right which was naturally right. obviously not it was, like, it, it, was like it was coached it was coached that's yeah. where i'm
3: going with this yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so uh randy uh elkins the guy who was talking with that we worked um his family and my family are are as close as family uh my dad and his dad were best friends cool uh, okay moms are best friends mm-hmm. we we are all best friends and and they're more like my brothers than my real brothers as sad as that is uh but anyway so yeah so work, we worked together so it was kind of mm. easy and, and it, it made it easy for them to so he didn't say,
1: need hey. a lot of coaching no 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 because yeah. he
3: knew what I did and he yeah. he knew he knew that I had auditioned and then things were going well right, right, but right. I couldn't really tell anybody more than yeah we went and auditioned and I've I've made it to a certain point
5: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
3: I can't say anything else mm-hmm. so they kind of knew well then the city the city's like hey man Why are all these cameras around? Mm -hmm. And why do they want to talk to us about you and this and that? And Mm -hmm. they're taking pictures and they're doing Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And so the city had to know. And so the city was like, we're good with it. Do whatever you need to do. You know,
1: please. So, I mean, did did that have to go all the way up to the mayor? Yeah,
3: absolutely. And our (laughs) mayor at the time was awesome. He was was like... We're we're in the Tate Stevens game. So
1: was it a sit? So, but it didn't. It wasn't a situation where it was like, okay, you know, hold up, we got to bring this up at the next council meeting. No, we got to no. make sure we get a
3: no, no, no. It was all good. They were all good with it. That's and, cool. And and let that fly. So that part of it, like I said, he's true. He's right on some of the stuff. They have to embellish certain things. They have to bring a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm gonna I'll, I'll any artist. They do that with any artist, mm-hmm. especially new artists, because they have to. When when a new artist comes to the radio station, yeah. what do they tell you? They don't just go, hey, here's Johnny Singer guy, and he's going to sing for you. They're, they're like, you know what Johnny did? Johnny was an ex this, and he did this, mm-hmm. and he's got this, mm-hmm. and he went here, and he lost right. his foot, and now... He, yeah, <laughs> you know what right? yes. and, then,
2: and then when he's picking, they pick the songs that they're going to sing, and then they add interesting Absolutely. little things in between and oh Absolutely. we i wrote this song with so and so and then yep. it all has to go together otherwise people right. are gonna
3: they'd not just gonna be click. like johnny yeah. singer guy next right right right, right. so yeah. that happens right so yeah. every so it's kind of the same thing so he was correct w- when he did that right he he was correct in saying that they have to um bring in or or not not uh, kind of embellish Right. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he was They're correct kind of building, with that. Building
2: building the story. They're
3: building a storyline yeah. yeah. for somebody. But they did, they do it for everybody on every show, mm-hmm. right? They did it for Morgan Wallen when he was on The Voice. Remember that? When
1: Morgan was on I the didn't voice? I didn't catch that one.
3: Or was Yeah, it was The Voice. Yeah, he was on The Voice. Um I don't know. he was 17, <clears throat> you know. Here's this little long-haired rock and roll singer, okay. Morgan Wallen. Go back and watch it. He did great. I yeah. mean, he, you know, but that's his true thing. I think rock and roll is his real thing. Hmm. But anyway, so that's another show. Uh, All right,
1: so what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick little break, all right? Because when we come back, I want to know what the limits, or not the limits, but rather... you didn't have to go too far outside of your comfort zone as far as dramatizing your life, but maybe you saw what was going on with some of the other contestants. When we come back, I'd like to hear some of those stories. We're with Tate Stevens and special co host Jillian Greg, on the Paparazzi podcast.
0: Attention. You're listening to the Paparazzi podcast. Get involved with the show. Wow, really? Ask questions and leave comments or complaints. Woo! Nice. Call or text 816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Now, Now, back back to to the the show. show. Here again, your host. Yes!
5: Great! Showtime.
0: Ronnie Phillips.
1: I said in my last podcast this is my favorite bumper bed coming back. I don't great. This is just a it's great so throwback. Good. So good. Uh, but I still haven't got an answer to my question I said in the last podcast. I can't remember who the other guy that was singing with Phil Collins on the song. Wasn't there a black guy that was singing with uh, him on this? Uh, she's, she's an amazing lover. Do you know? Come on, Tater. Mm. Steven.
3: <laughs> on, Damn it, Steve!
4: Look it
1: up, Jill. If you can get internet access here in the dungeon of RP Enterprises.
3: Right. No, I, I th- was. It,
2: I don't even know that. Was song.
1: this
3: Phil Collins at the time, or was this still um,
1: uh, Genesis? Genesis? No, this. I'm pretty was sure this Phil was Phil Collins? Collins. Yep, yep. Anyway, what, what's
2: it called? Easy lover. Easy lover. Oh. Right.
1: Yeah. She's an easy lover. And I thought there was another dude, a black dude, that sang with him on this song. Billy Ocean?
2: Philip Bailey. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's why I don't remember.
3: <laughs> I mean, Yeah.
1: All right. Anyway,
3: okay, so. Back
1: with Tate Stevens, a uh, big old winner from X Factor 10 years ago, and obviously a Kansas City resident, and a friend of Q104, and Jillian and I over the years with all the different concert events that we've done, and although... Uh, It's been years since we spoke other than recently on the phone it's like picking up right where we left off so I appreciate you being here and one of the reasons why you're here is because of what Travis Marvin said on his podcast we've already kind of squashed that but I would like to know as it pertains to some of the other contestants uh, that you got to be next to who maybe weren't as authentic as you were how extreme did it get to get to dressing up their story.
3: Uh now the dressing up their story part, I don't I'm not real sure and certain of But you watched uh, the show and you now, knew who they were. Now I will tell you what they've what they did to a few of those people um to make them appear a certain way when they really kinda weren't. Okay. Um and, and here's here's where Here's where it sucks, uh, and, and this is where reality TV, it's for ratings, and they want you to be sucked in or they want you to like or dislike somebody mm-hmm. enough to vote or not vote or, you know what I mean? hmm So uh, CeCe Fry um, was a, a female contestant on the show. Uh, CeCe was a sweetheart, man. Um, she came in dark-headed, like, Real dark brown yeah. hair. She painted her face. Put like little cheetah.
1: Oh, I remember uh, that now. Prints <laughs> on her face. Right? Is that C C like C C Deville? Uh, may- maybe
3: it's C E C E. Maybe or, I like don't know. Like C C Winans. Yeah, maybe, hmm. maybe like that. Fry. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> um. So.
1: Oh yes. Yeah, oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Hey. Yeah. Uh, so Q, at, look switch. First, switch. look at Lose the first. Look
0: at all the flooring. Pros We're going to uh, hang on
1: a second. Let's get past the YouTube here, but well, switch, switch me over here, Q. Uh, another commercial. YouTube. For normal this is out of control. control.
2: Gently but deeply clap. Give me
1: just a second. Here we go. Watch it on the YouTube I'm channel. I'm so
4: excited to see this next performer. I think that she wants this more than anybody in the competition. She's definitely going to entertain you tonight. Give it up for CC Pryce.
0: Beatrice, I'm going to send you home.
1: Cece, you are through to the next week. Being in the bottom two sucks. I just I felt so good to be in fifth place last night. Now I'm back to know. I gave 110%, and you guys still put me in the bottom two. <laughs> <laughs>
2: next week. Next week got to be a comeback. Every week is a comeback week. Come on, Cece, i want to hear you sing. Saying.
1: Jimmy and I really need to work together this week Let's to figure to out what's part. gone wrong. What we He met Mama down in old Mulan
4: Road, strutting a stuff on a street. She said, Hello, hey, Joe, you want to give it a go? Getty, oh, uh-huh. getty, hey. ya, 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 Hey,
5: ya, ya,
1: ya, 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 Moving on. Um, no, no, she's fine. Just she's fine. To song. No, I mean, this right. is the Tate Stevens show, and I just wanted to get a re- reminder of who CC Fry was. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> that sounded like yeah, I sounded yeah, like a real yeah, prick like, right there, didn't I? Sorry about all right. that. <laughs> all right, we're done. All right.
3: Uh, no, okay, so she has uh, platinum blonde hair right there. She came in with black hair, like dark, dark hair, right? Okay. Um, and they... They sent all the girls and the female contestants and, and even some of the male contestants to hair and makeup and they went to do this big makeover thing, right? Well, they looked at me and they were like, yeah, well, <laughs> you're going to the barber, man. I'm like, good, here we go. Yep. So uh, anyway, uh, they she came back platinum blonde. Just yeah. Terrified. She was? She was mort- mortified, not terrified, mortified. Really? She's like, this isn't me. What are they doing? Why'd they do this to my hair? They talked her into it. Wow. They talked her into changing. Right. So to and stand yeah, out, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever they, whatever they had going. Yeah. Then um, one of the other female contestants in her category, um, I think, I think it was her uh they kind of had like a. She was going to do this song. You're going to do this song. You do it better. She does it better. Who oh. does, you know, it's one of those kind of sure. weird things, right? We'll and fight. they were playing this whole thing up. Neither one of them wanted to do it. Neither one of the, the girls wanted to do it. They were just like, this isn't, they were like, uh, you want $5 million? That's what they, that's how uh. they They were leveraging. Oh, yeah. No, Can you switch
1: good. over real quick to the, to my computer? That's what she looks like with that's, that the blonde hair.
3: That's when she came to the. That's when she her audition probably. Um, that is so, the audition. Yeah. So that's what she looked like when she got to L. A. Mm. And then that whole first, let's go make over people, and they made her a platinum blonde, right? Mm. So she yeah. was freaked out, crying, doing the whole thing. Um, and and we we're all like, "Wow, I did they do that to you?" You know, I started catching on, like early. Mm. Um, we were always we always had microphones on. Um, and there was always falling around mm-hmm. <laughs> guy with headphones, like
5: mm-hmm. with his
3: little bag of mic things, turning them up. And he would, he would get a cue from a guy holding a pad and the guy would be like, you know, go over there and watch them. Yeah. yeah. And so the cameraman would like, <laughs> and they'd be like, Oh, film this for a minute. <laughs>
1: it's almost like secret service or yeah, something. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> they, the
2: they'd end. think something juicy was like, yeah, getting, yeah, getting or, 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 or they
3: would, or they would tell CC or one of the other contestants, Hey, Go stand over there, and I want you to talk bad about them. Oh, just stop. just say not not bad. Like just say, yeah. Did you see? I mean, her auditions weren't even that good, or his audition, whatever.
1: And oh. and these dumbasses would do it.
3: <laughs> and I'm wow. like,
1: you're dumb. Did you ever say no? I'm not going to do that all the time. So yeah.
3: here's the thing, the, and then, I think they figured it out. They're like, we can't, we can't pull the wool over this guy's eyes. Or maybe they just thought, well, who cares? You know, just leave leave him alone. He's struggling (laughs) enough. Uh, But they—they literally, uh, I I figured out because I had a microphone on every day. If I wanted to talk to you in a conversation that I didn't want them to film or record, I would cuss a lot. Every other word would be the f bomb. I was just dropping them like mad. Oh, that silly mother effer and this and that. I mean, I would just and and they'd be like. Mute. Oh, okay. Then I could talk to you. Ah. Uh, huh. And then they wouldn't record it. They would just leave me alone.
2: Well, okay. I have to think the fact that if you were telling them no that you weren't going to play along with their their little conversations, I have to think that at some point somebody went, you know what? That's okay. It goes with this character. This goes with this role. Like like that yeah. kind of went with the the oh the Midwest. Good old boy. Yeah, of course yeah, yeah. he's he's not going to talk bad about anybody.
3: Right, know? right. And I and I and I I'm, I'm not that guy. But it, so again, for them to try to change me in a, in a way, mm-hmm. one time, so they never let us go watch other people perform. Like we couldn't go in and watch the other uh, contestants uh, um, practice mm-hmm. or rehearse. So other than just hearing people walking around singing the song they were going to sing that week. We had no idea what people were doing. We didn't know what their staging looked like. We didn't know anything. Hmm. We were just uh, whatever. Where
1: were you staying? We were
3: so we lived in the hills, the Hollywood Hills.
1: Yeah, but you, were you all in the same Yeah, we're in the same house. That's well, what I thought. So, so how they, are you not conversing? Are you just You're you're conversing? I mean surely yeah. you're talking about what you're gonna do.
3: Yeah, you know, they knew I like knew what song they would sing, but I didn't know anything else than that. Oh. What okay. are you doing this week? I'm doing this. Yeah, oh, cool. gotcha. What are you doing? I'm doing this. Oh, all okay. right, great. Okay. That was it. Because we couldn't watch them perform. Anywhere or anytime time, they, they it was all secretive. Like, oh, you can't tell them what you're doing. So, um, hmm. uh, it, so it's kind of weird that that was weird. But one time they let us in. Mm-hmm. Now, this is probably a, a th- halfway through the show. Well, I had won in votes. Okay, and and we're gonna get to remind me, Add, remind me that when he said all things, they know who's gonna win. That's all bullshit. They don't. Um, some of them may. Not the X Factor. Well, well, no so
1: you're saying, let's clarify here what you're talking about. You're going back now to Travis. Yeah. So, okay, so when, when Travis you said, said
3: they, all, they know years in advance who's going to win, that, no, that's, that's, that's okay. completely false. Um, in, in I would say, yeah, it's false. I'm just going to say that. Okay. Um, and you can fact check me on this too. <laughs> all right. Uh, because of the Game Show Act. You guys remember the Game Show Act? I don't. Mm-mm. Okay, when the guy won the game show because they were telling him what to say, mm-hmm. okay. and they were like because they wanted him to win or whatever, whatever, and they were like giving him the clues and giving yeah. him the the, yeah. the so answers. That's a thing. It's a real thing, and and people were like, oh, it's all
1: rigged. Everything's rigged.
3: We're not even watching anymore. Game shows aren't real. So the game show. I was gonna Act, say
1: those guys on Jeopardy. There's no way they're that smart. There's no freaking way they know all those answers. Right. Well, I'm joking. No. Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah,
3: yeah. So that's it's real. They do. Yeah. Okay. They can't be told. It's a, It's against the law. It is a law. Okay. It's okay. A, Anyway. So anyway. Regardless, I don't remember what I was saying, but um,
1: you're <laughs> using a, that as a yeah. example. So, as
3: f- so, they didn't know who was going to win the X Factor when I was on it. Okay. <laughs> Um, because the it's the same people who do the CMAs and ACMs and all that, the tallying, right. the, and the voting, the ballots, mm-hmm.
2: Deloitte and Touche, yeah, whatever, or whatever yeah. it is, yeah.
3: they did, they did that, they did those. So when people phoned in and called in and texted and did all mm-hmm. the voting, mm-hmm. it went into a bank, and Simon, no one knew. Each week when they result gave the results, it was the first time anybody knew who who mm. was winning in votes or who won right. or anything. I believe that. So. They have to now with him, with Travis, I keep saying him with Travis saying that people audition uh, and get called back for maybe the next year and the next year. Yeah, that really happens because Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't make it that year. So, but they're like, man, that guy's really close. Hey, make sure he doesn't have to go to the beginning auditions he can just come back to audition for this or he'll jump the line to go but audition for it. Let you. me
1: ask okay, so let me break that down a little bit more. So are you saying then that, because the way I took that when he said it was is that they saw that as an opportunity that maybe we weren't going to use that guy, but we're going to use that person okay, or person in the story for this year, but we're going to hang on to that person because that's going to draw attention if we carry over that story into the next year and make that person the winner. You're saying it's still genuine and authentic. That person didn't do what they did needed to do to advance to get to the finals and potentially win that season. So they got booted and they got got asked to come back the next season because potentially they had a better chance.
3: I don't know. I don't know how far they would make. Some people didn't even make the audition. You know, I mean, some people didn't even get to for the chairs to turn around, Hmm. but they got asked back to come back to audition the following time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then they didn't have to go to the little corral of, yeah. 20,000 people again they got to skip that part and mm-hmm. go right to the producers auditioning okay so that does happen okay you know um so back to the x factor thing um for, for those people they 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 did they did turn people on on each other they did because it's tv they mm-hmm. need that drama drama yeah so anyway we got to watch this first time again i'm not the smartest fella in the room right so they're not uh, the dumbest either but, though <laughs> but i'm i'm learning quickly mm-hmm. that okay they've never let us in here now we get to go watch these contestants mm-hmm. practice hmm okay so like a good person mm-hmm. i go in and it just happened to be Carly Rose Sonnenclair, who was, we were one and two throughout the whole season, the little 13-year-old now girl. I got to look up who that is. What was her name again?
1: Carly Rose. Carly, is that K with a K? C C Carly, yeah, C-A-R. Okay, anyway, proceed.
3: So anyway, Carly Rose Sonnenclair, super talented, now she's a young lady, a girl. At the oh, time yeah, 13. she was so young. She 13 years old. And I she can about abs- that. She can absolutely... Wail away. Do you keep singing. in touch
1: with any of these people that you spend all this time a few, with? A
3: few, but I mean, you know. Are they doing anything? Some of them. Carly still, I think, uh, she was an actress too. Um, uh, Beatrice Miller, she was an actress. She's been in some shows. Uh, Diamond White, uh, another contest female contestant, uh, was on some TV shows on Nickelodeon and stuff and, and hmm. Disney. But anyway, Carly's amazing. She's a super talented girl, right? I thought she was going to win. Honestly, and that's no lie. I thought she would win. Wow. In fact, um, a few weeks before the finale, um, LA Reed and I went to have a beer. They were filming it, right? Mm-hmm. But in the car ride over, he, I rode in his car,
5: okay.
3: um, so there was no cameras, no microphones, or anything until we got to the little bar that we went to. And it wasn't it was a it was a hotel lobby bar and mm-hmm. some swank hotel, right? Mm-hmm. And so I go in, and, and on the car ride over there, we had about a fifteen minute, twenty minute car ride over there. And I said, "What are you going to do with her when she wins?" And he he kind of looked at me and he's like, "I don't know. We we don't know what we're going to do." He thought she was going to win too, and and he said he said, "You know, we got to get her a personality because she doesn't have one."
1: That yet. is true. That is true. Uh, cue this up real quick, cue uh, just a few seconds of checking uh, Carly Rose. How do you say your last name? Son and Claire. If
4: I'm
5: starting- Just bringing me out the dark. Finally, I can see you crystal clear. Go ahead.
1: Who does and she sound like?
5: Out in the alley of stuff, baby. <sighs> see how I mm. believe every piece of you.
1: Okay.
3: Anyway, so she's super good. Really
1: good. Yeah. great. Who's the popular singer that's got the one word name? I Adele. Mean, Yes. Don't you? Uh, well, uh, no, she's trying to sound like that's Adele. That's my point. That's exactly. She's try- yeah, she's yes. trying.
3: That's an Adele that, song. And that was kind of a popular
1: sound- thing going on during.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because because everybody I, was trying to sound like her. Because Adele won the X Factor in mm. the UK, right?
1: So, oh, I didn't know that.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, Did you know that? Okay. No, I didn't, I know didn't either.
3: Hmm. Yeah, One Direction, they won. the. Oh, they. I think they took third. One Direction might have taken third in the X Factor UK. Gotcha. The largest, Interesting. Largest boy band ever wow yeah Uh, anyway so um back to what i was saying so they let us they let us come in and watch and and of course i'm watching carly rose well she i can't remember song she was singing she's amazing i'm like i'm just like wow that's really good and we're talking i'm talking to another contestant i'm like she's so good uh and the, the woman the little uh associate producer lady walked up and she's like well what do you think and i'm like she's amazing you know, because she is, I'm, yeah, and I'm like, right. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, and she, she's, she's like, yeah, I mean, what do you think about uh the song choice? And I'm like, <laughs> well, she's killing it, so apparently it's a yeah. good one for mm-hmm. her, you know, right. and uh, she's like, yeah, I mean, is there something that you hear that you might not agree, like, you think she could right. do something better or anything? <laughs> and I'm like, No and at first, I'm not really, I, I didn't really catch on at first, Right. and I'm like, no, right. I mean, she's. Listen to that, and she was like, "Yeah, but okay." So instead of (laughs) instead of being like, she's trying to lead me into it, and now you're not taking the bait. Yeah, now, now I get it, and it pissed me off, and I got mad, and and I I said some things to that lady that I probably shouldn't have said. I Mm. called her a few names that I probably should. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I said, "Listen, you you should probably get away from me." Mm. And I said, "Don't ever, don't ever fucking come talk to me like that again." And she and she was like <gasps> freaked out, right? And I don't know if I, I shouldn't say that. Yep, you're good. Whatever. But I and I, I was so mad because I'm like, I'm not I'm not that guy. Yeah. Mm. And now you you want me to be that guy? You want mm-hmm. me to be that guy? I will be that guy to mm. you. Yeah. Yeah, right. But not to this. This is yeah. not happening.
2: Not to the child.
3: Yeah, not to the well, not even if she was a child, not I know. because she's <laughs> I know, you know. So, so anyway. <laughs> and she freaked this lady freaked out. And she
1: couldn't have been the only assistant, but I'm sure the word gets back. Right. And, and that, is that where they 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 drew the, they come get me.
3: (laughs) They're like, God, take
4: them. It's over. We need you in here.
3: (laughs) Right. And they, they just remove me from the
1: situation.
4: And I, and
3: I, so I told, uh, Spike, the guy's name is Spike. He's like the the head producer guy for, for those little APs. And I said, I want to talk to Spike. And so here comes Spike. Spike's a nice guy. And I said, Spike. I don't know if you told her to do that. he goes, time out, time out before you say anything. And I said, no, no, no. I said, no. You can take your show and stick it in your ass. I would never say anything like that. And I won't ever do it. Don't ever ask me to do it again. He was like, I know. She she was wrong. Mm -hmm.
1: We know. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Sorry. Can I ask you something about that, though? Like, she's also... I understand why you reacted the way you did, but she's also trying to do her job and she's only doing her job based on what she's being coached to do over the years of doing the show. Absolutely.
3: But they, they never, they couldn't, and, and, and like I said, I would just, I got mad because it's not me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that guy. Now, if she was terrible and, and I would have been like, yeah, it's just not my thing. Mm hmm. You know, but I'm not going to go. Oh, she's terrible. That sucks. She shouldn't be. You know, she's miserable. No, why? Right. Why would you do that? Yeah. Because people look at me and go, "He's miserable. That guy sucks." I get it. It's not for everybody, and and I, I know that. You know, a lot of there's people who don't like George Strait. I don't know in him. Who are they? Yeah, <laughs> really. But you know, <laughs> but, you know <laughs> I mean, there there are people out there that don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, no, no, I'm not going to do it. So don't ever ask me to do it. So that was one of the things uh, that they, and I got mad and I told her, and then I apologized, I apologized to him. I said, listen, I probably shouldn't have talked to you that way. But, and she was like, I'm sorry, it won't ever happen again. And then I didn't really see her ever again. (laughs) I really didn't. She would just kind of stayed away from Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And, um, but they, they would take these kids and they would try to manipulate
1: them Mm -hmm. because they could.
3: Yeah. And they, I just, they couldn't manipulate me. That's that good.
1: Way. And then did that, was that where, and uh, Joe, I know you want to ask a question. I'm that's sorry, I okay. didn't interrupt, no, but no, did no. that where, did it stop there? Or did they keep trying to you yeah, push they, the envelope they, with you?
3: No, no, no. And so then it became, Tate, are you okay? <laughs> oh, Are you no. good? Are you good? Are oh, you gosh. good? What do you need? Simon Cow super nice. The man is a super nice man. He, he His persona on TV is, is it, but that's him. It really yeah. is him. Yeah. But he, okay, so British people, the ones I know, I'm not speaking for all of them, but the ones I know, they don't have a filter. Mm. So if they don't like it, they will tell you Mm -hmm. in, in no uncertain terms that they don't like it. If you don't like something or I don't like something not to hurt someone's feelings, it's just not my thing. Mm -hmm, I'm not into that. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, that you should probably go play in traffic. Mm -hmm, Right. You know what I mean? They don't pull. <laughs> well, anything. and he's
2: entertaining, also. <laughs> right,
3: like. and but he, but <laughs> it's it it's yes him. Yeah. it is him uh, yeah i believe that but he's a super nice man he's and he did at that time smoke like a chimney man that guy had a cigarette in his mouth
1: i didn't hear about that. i didn't oh, know yeah. that ba, 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 ba. just yeah. like
3: rapid fire he's burning yeah he's ripping darts like they're gonna stop making them. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. what was his brand i don't know yeah. <laughs> they were expensive i'm sure Camels um, kill you the quickest you know what's funny is I, I ask him one time i'm like so when's the last time you pulled a tag off a shirt
1: oh funny And he looked at me, and he got
3: the biggest smile on his face. He goes, "Mm, "It's been a long time." Oh my god! And I'm like, "That's awesome." He had six of the hottest women around him all the time. Oh yeah, his stylist.
2: Oh, I believe that.
3: And he had had blue jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the time, white v-neck t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. So, um, his makeup person, his hair person, his stylist, um. Their assistant, his assistants. I mean, it was weird. Six hot smoke, I mean, smoke right. shows follow he, him. There's
2: something about him. They're not not now, like he's kind of, I don't know if he's got Kenny Rogers' doctor. I don't know, but he's got, he had too much I done. haven't
1: looked at him lately. I, I, too I much gotta done. look it up. I mean, the <laughs> last time
2: I saw him. But I mean, like original, like, was American Idol 20 years ago? Yeah. yeah so yeah. like original Simon Cowell, original yeah. to me knowing who he yeah. was. Yeah. There's something about him. Yeah, well, he, I get
3: that. But he's a nice dude. He's a yeah. nice man, yeah. and uh, we always got along. He he was always super nice to me. And he, one time uh, he was smoking a cigarette, taking a little break <laughs> um, during the show, um, one of the live shows, and I was out. I, <laughs> I, I went to I went to the, the the bathroom, and it was out. And I was like, I need some fresh air, so I stepped out the back door, yeah. and he was out there just smoking away. And uh, he he truly he was like, how how are you? Are you okay? And I said yes sir I'm I'm fine thank you. And he was like
1: This right. is after the event with the with the No yeah this
3: team. I mean and 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 um he just he was like you're doing amazing. Huh. Just keep being yourself. Right. And I'm like I can't do anything else man. Right. You know.
1: But he was awesome. He he was uh, Flip it over Q. You did. Okay, there it is. Yeah. He's Is he's, this he's, the uh, Kenny Rogers look that you're talking about?
2: see. uh yeah
1: what is going on there
2: well i mean and how do we know how old he is
1: i don't know he's gotta be 60 something right that's what
2: i'm thinking so like like when american idol started he was 40 something yeah and like a a nice looking 40 something year old guy then probably he gets super i mean he was famous already yeah in you know, England or whatever, but yeah, you're, he, he's got to keep the look up and then it doesn't really work that well. Yeah. I, like Not I said, guys. he,
3: he, he was, he was always nice to me. He was nice yeah. to my kids and my wife. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so yeah, he, to me, he's a good guy.
2: So speaking of, since we're talking about age, this is what I was going to say a minute ago. So were you the oldest contestant on your season?
3: Uh, Vino, um, Vino, uh, Alon. Okay. Um, he, he was a year older than I was.
2: Okay. Right? but a lot of them were probably so you were if it was 10 years ago you're 36 I was 37, 37. I was 37. Okay. Okay.
3: when I was on the show and um
2: and so most of the other contestants were were
3: all younger they were so so there was there was four categories you had groups um which could be any age yeah. just it was a group yeah. Yeah. um you had uh under under 25s okay or no I'm sorry you had over Yeah. You, you had groups you had teens I think mm. And then you had um, under 25s. Okay. So from 20 to 25. Sure. And then you had the overs, which I was in, 25 and over. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. And, and I was, Vino left, I think, a couple episodes in. Okay. So I was the oldest at the end, obviously. But um, yeah, it was it, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, it was an experience that I wouldn't do again. <laughs> you, you wouldn't do no, again. No. And I wouldn't put my kids through that either. It's tough, man. I'm telling you, it's tougher than you. It's, it's, it's mentally and emotionally. Dude, I'm, hold I'm on an a second. Person. I'm an emotional person, so are you saying that you regret it? I don't regret it at all. I can't regret it. I mean, it changed your life. It did change my life, not for the better for everything. Okay, for most stuff, it was better. But you know, it launched my career to to be able to do what I love to do for a living. Mm. So I can't. I'm I'm so blessed with that and honored for that. And I and I carry the, the X-Factor torch. I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not okay. mad at it. Let you me ask I mean? the question
1: a different way. Knowing what you know now. Yep. Would you have auditioned? No. It changed your life, Nate, Tate. Yeah. Okay.
2: So the good d- doesn't outweigh the, That's my p- the bad? No, no. That's my n- point. No.
3: I, and it, and I, it's, it's going to be hard for me to, to, <sighs> I don't know how to say it. Uh. To where it would make sense to you guys? Okay. okay? Would
1: you go That's back? Fair. Would you go back to the life that you had prior to X Factor, <clears throat> knowing what you know now that you would go through?
3: Okay. Let me, I'll, let me. I will say I would do it again, knowing what I know now. I would do it again, but afterwards it would be different. Okay. What happened afterwards would be different.
1: Tell okay. me. Let's dive so, into it. Tell me so, what would be different. Okay.
3: Um, when you when you do any of those shows, uh, The Voice, American Idol, X Factor, the contracts you sign. Are are terrible,
5: mm-hmm.
3: okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to sign them well before you would ever have won the show. Right. When you first start, when, once you make it through a few auditions, you sign a contract, you sign a record deal, and you sign a management deal.
2: And that's probably like, like I think I, I don't know for X Factor, but I feel like for American Idol, it's like the top. Is it more than the top ten? Yeah, I don't like yeah, for it's X Factor. Like was that. it more than it's, that? Like I you're don't you're agreeing that because you've made it this far, you. You, you've are, got you are something, conditioned
3: for them for
2: even if you don't win they want to have you signed up
3: you you have to and and they have the right of refusal for yeah, yeah. a year yeah. they
1: own you you're signing your soul to the devil
3: basically they have, basically. All, the, they have Absolutely. all the advantages yeah yeah so they can keep you it. or they can let you go and it's up to them when and if yeah, that all happens sure. right so okay so i would do something different uh, my contract the x factor contract simon kauza is very brilliant Businessman. That's yeah. why he's worth five hundred million, right? Um he made a deal with Sony that, that I don't know who signed the the contract for Sony. I don't know who said, Yeah, we'll take that on. It was it was so bad. I didn't of course I didn't know. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Sure. Um <laughs> they said yeah, it's so
3: bad. You guys, I I'm gonna tell you, and you're so not you're, gonna believe this. You're not going okay. it's so it's so horrendous. Who's it
1: bad for? The record label or for you?
3: No, for well, for them and me. Okay. So oh, wow. um like I said, it was an advancement. The money was an advancement, right? So your contract reads you do one album a year for five years and you get a million dollars a year okay. from the label. Okay. No label's ever gonna do that. Right? They can't. They can't afford that. Okay. A record label is not going to give me a million dollars just for turning in 10 songs. Okay. Or eight songs. Anything over, what, six songs is an album. Okay. Whatever. Uh, you know, or 10 songs, whatever. No label's going to do that. They can't. They can't because I got to get the money back. Right. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so their deal, and you sign a management deal. So, I didn't even have the opportunity. I didn't get to pick my manager at first. I was with Vector Management, which is uh, Irving a's off company. Um, <laughs> and and Ken Levitan was my my manager. Ken uh, Trisha Yearwood, yeah. You know, there's a there's That's, a lot. I know
2: the name, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Levitan's a big player in in, mm-hmm. in in a lot of things. Kings of Leon, um, uh, Kesha. So anyway, I was just a, another artist on his roster. Um, he got twenty percent of everything I made, um, and he had, didn't have Simon. To do it. No, no, can't, oh, oh, can't, I'm sorry. You're back him. with okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah sorry. Um, Jeez. Yeah, no, no, it's it's crazy. So I know <laughs> I'm sorry, I, it, but uh, so uh, Simon wrote in in his contract, and and I would I have to call honestly call my attorney to get the the, and I'm gonna say this number, and I because I believe it is true, um, Simon got seventy percent of everything. He got seventy percent of everything of all monies back before the label made their money oh. back. Um my wow. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you can't make this shit Get up. It's so now. It's so are real. you
1: telling me that that is truth? Do I, mean, I have to have Simon on this podcast to say this is yep. what Todd? No, I'm yeah, kidding. absolutely. No. I want to be here for that. Too. I do too. So do. Yeah. no,
3: and, and it is true. So I couldn't afford. <laughs> now this is what my attorney and my attorney. I got to pick my attorney, right? Who I have a pit bull for an attorney. She is amazing. Local? No, national. Okay. Um, Doug Howard, uh, Doug Howard was, uh, he ran several labels, labels in town in Nashville, big player in Nashville for years and years and years. Great guy, songwriter, producer, his wife, Linda Adele Howard. Um, she's my, she's my attorney. Wow. And she, she handles so many large artists Mm -hmm. and and things like that. And, uh, so I picked her because she went to dinner and she said, listen, Tater, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I remember this, this conversation. This is why I picked her. We were at the Palm in in Nashville eating, and she actually paid. Yeah, mm, <laughs> Wow. And, and she, she got her cheeseburger, and uh, <laughs> she's like, I get the cheeseburgers, and I love them here. And uh, I, I just got whatever I got. And, and she said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care about your music. I care about you. I want to protect you, and I want to protect your music. Mm. But I don't care about your music. I care about the person you are. Okay. And I said, I like you. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm, right.
3: You Ding, ding. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Right? And you okay. like cheeseburgers.
2: So. And you like cheeseburgers, so you're not all bad, I like right? I it.
3: So anyway, so that's how I picked it, uh, Linda. So Linda.
1: So she gets, hold up a second. She, so she looks at the Sony contract. She looked at it because, well, she, she knew it. But here's <laughs> right? the thing. Like, do you, does she really get to manipulate or change anything in the contract being that they're giving it to you. You yeah. want it yeah. granted, but it's like, yeah. Hey, it's kind of yeah. take it or leave it. Isn't it Isn't it? It is.
3: So this is what happened. Um, Gary Overton, which was the president of Sony at the time uh, when I was on RCA, um, Gary was like, uh, well, there's a lot of things said, but um, he basically his, his words were, we have to do certain things. You're going to have to come out selling out arenas to make this thing work for both um, of us. Right. Yeah. So, Power of a Love song was my first single. Did I you write that? Your, no, no, no.
1: Nope. And did you, how many of those songs did you write? On
3: the first one, I, what I write? Three or four on the first album.
1: Okay. And, but the first two singles? Uh, no. Neither one of them. And did Sony make you release those, or did they say yeah, these are yeah, the songs no, I, you're going to go? I had, I had
3: no say in that, right. which most artists don't when you first start. Now, once oh. you get to a, a level, you can kind of help pick, I guess. Did you I'm, like the songs? I love Power, Power of Love songs. a good song. Yeah. Is, is it a first single song? No. No, absolutely not. I would have went with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some other songs picked out, so funny enough, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got to write with the, the best writers in, in the world, um, Red Akins and, and, uh, you know, Ashley Gourley and, mm. and, um, all the peach pickers and, 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 mm. you know, I mean, so I got to write with Phil Billy and Joe Diffie, uh, and, and Rest uh, in Peace. Yeah, man. He, I, there's so many cool stories. I have so many cool, and I'm not name dropping because it's cool, but I do know these people. And mm-hmm. Joe and I were friends and we became friends and he was my hero. Um, and I, t- I told him, I'd, I'd worked with him years and years in the 90s, and I was telling him when the first time I'd, uh, we were riding together, and I said, I'm going to germ on you for about, give me, give me a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just give me a few minutes, and he started laughing. <laughs> so it was me and Phil Billy and Joe Diffie, Phil O'Donnell, uh Phil uh is a great he wrote a couple of George's number ones and, and produces Craig Morgan and stuff like that. Okay. So so Phil Billy and I are sitting there and Joe I said, Give, give me a few minutes, Joe. I gotta go just for a minute. I won't I need and he's like, Oh yeah, it's fine, whatever. And uh I told him, I said, you know, I uh, uh is it A Thousand Winding Roads, I think was his first record his first home. album.
2: Oh, oh the album, the album. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I sorry, said yeah. home was
3: his first single. Yeah. So I said when I fir- when I heard it. Something just snapped, and I was like, That guy, I want to sound like that guy Mm -hmm. because. His voice had so much like depth, mm-hmm. but he had such a, a just, just, it was smooth and it was deep and it had a high, he had this huge range, range like yeah. like Ronnie Millsap, right? Yeah. And I'm a huge Ronnie Millsap Me fan so, too. So I'm like, this guy, I want to sound like this guy, right? So anyway, we're, I'm germinating on him. I'm telling him all this stuff and singing, and I'm, you know, I'm telling him all these my favorite songs, blah, blah, blah. And this is why I sing this way, really. And, and so, when I sing and I do, do all my stuff. Mm-hmm. It's because of Joe Diffie and, mm-hmm. and he and and he said, Well that's because Lefty Frizzell. And and I said, oh. Awesome, man. That's even better. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we I, I germed on him for a minute and then we started writing a song. We wrote a song called I Got This. He actually recorded it too, which was cool. Was oh, like, wow. Diffie cut one of my songs. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good, man. I can I can yeah. go away. I'm good. Yeah. And so um we we just uh I, I was able to, to write in 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 but it was kind of weird because there were some songs that I had to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought every every artist has a thousand songs given to them, right? Mm-hmm. When I was when I was writing, I was writing, doing two or three songwrites a day. I was just writing my ass off trying to make this first album mm-hmm. and make it, you know, me and country because I want. I'm like, I want to be country man. This is who yeah, I am, and then, right. I don't want it to be pop. I don't want it to have that. I want it. So anyway. Uh, I'm I'm I kind of had some ups and downs with, with our a and I our a and R guy uh, Jim Catino, who is a great guy Jim's a good dude and uh, and he's like I, you got to do this song I'm like I hate that song <laughs> there was a song called YOLO. Oh yeah, YOLO. Oh, and, really. I, and at first I'm thinking, what the hell's YOLO? Uh-huh. He's like, you only live once, and I'm like, yeah, I would never say that. So <laughs> I'm not, not like, gonna
1: sing it that way. But either. I like but,
2: Rolos. Yeah, I right.
3: Rolos. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah so wash it down with the yoo-hoo. Absolutely. And he, he was like,
3: I, it, but it's it's gonna be a hit. You know, Phil Billy wrote it, and this. And I said, I, I don't care who wrote it. I'm not singing it. And wow. I said, it's just not me, man. Yeah. And so he he got a little mad at me for that one. Then he's like, well, you got to do this one. I'm like, okay, I'll sing that one. I'm not singing that one, though. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I was getting all these songs and stuff, and and I remember literally disc after disc after disc after disc of stacks of discs of songs from songwriters. And um, you just put them in, listen to 30 seconds, a minute. Nope. Yep, next, next, next. You. Oh, that one, what's the name of that song? And I, they would write it down. So mm-hmm. then they would go back to the publishing company and go, hey, can we get this song. Got it. This song. Pull yeah. this song. Pull more like this. That kind of thing. Yeah. So anyway, we're doing this and it's weeks and weeks and weeks of this stuff and and I had a it, I was on a time frame. I had to have my first three songs done, uh, I want to say by when the Grammys, February, first week of February, uh, right? yeah,
2: I think so. Yeah. So
3: so I was in a Pepsi commercial, right? We we did a Pepsi commercial. Um, for the Grammys, I forgot about that, but yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. So, and the song was "Holler If You're With Me." Yep. Which, right? Which, okay. With with my my buddy Drew Davis wrote that song. Yeah. So that's Drew why I, Davis. Yeah, love that so, guy. I was just yeah. yeah so so Drew, saw him
1: on Facebook today fishing with his dad. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah.
3: So Drew Drew, uh, he called. He's like, "Hey man, you know I got some songs. I'm sending you some songs, and I'm like, okay. I was like, they need one for a commercial, like a like an anthemy kind of song." And I said, I remember that song, Holler If You're With Me, that you wrote And he was like, I'll send it to you. Well, Sony didn't want me to cut it. They were like, Oh, we can come up with a better one. I'm like, It's it's just kinda cool, man. Yeah. So I'm gonna cut it. They're like, Oh whatever. <laughs> you do you, right? right. They, so Yolo. I, I did, yeah. Yolo, and, and uh, so Pepsi loved it, man. Pepsi loved it. The SEC picked it up for their their uh, the SEC tournament song. Yeah. So in all the SEC commercials, it's oh, you know holler so if cool. you're with me and all that. And then we shot a whole music video to it, without all. So one uh, part of the video, I'm singing in a microphone that looks like a Pepsi can, ah. right? And everybody's yeah. holding up Pepsi cans for the yeah. video and yeah. cups that it say Pepsi and all that. And, uh, but then the other one it was just a microphone, and people are just like,
1: "Was this a single singing. that Drew's band played back in the day? No, 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 it no. was just a song yeah, he had, okay. he he'd written
3: it, and I can't remember who he wrote it with, so we cut that one, uh, I cut a song called Ordinary Angels. It's my favorite song that I've ever had a chance to record, mm. okay, it's beautiful, and it and it just it's my favorite, and um, I wanted that to be. A, a single at some point it's a ballad too mm-hmm. but i wanted it to be a single because i thought man st jude this would go so good with st yeah. jude this would go so good with military stuff because yeah. of how it taught and it's just anyway it's a song about good people doing good things for other people and, mm-hmm. and, and i believe in that so um uh, it's like a handout or a, not a handout but a hand up you know yep. that, that's, yep. it's that song yep. right anyway so uh and then we had like a song that i wrote called can't get Nothing Done Around Here." That me and Phil Billy wrote and um and, and it's true. We just, he was like, What do you feel, man? I said, Well, I was checking the honeydew list and he was like, You hate him too? And I'm like, Absolutely him.'" <laughs> and he was like, Let's write it. There you go. And I'm like, Okay. So literally, and the the kickoff is bump da ba-da, like that. And I'm such a huge music, old school music buff that guy and I'm like, that's that's Mill McDaniel. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Blue jeans, got blue yeah. jeans on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he so in the studio, um Blake Chancy, my producer, at the time he was like, let's do it So yeah. it has that same feel mm. So that's kind of where that happened. but that's anyway, cool. I wanted that to be a single
4: mm-hmm.
3: not because I wrote it because it's like a it's a country song, yeah, and it's got it's it's not a tempo song but it moves, you yeah. know what I mean? It has some feel right. to it. So and it's then not having
2: that familiar sound
3: and it's not a, it's moves. not a ballad, right? right. It's not right. a ballad. Right. And then we had, that's where we live. That was one that they wanted a uh, uh, possible single that they were talking. Cause it has a little more, it was a mid tempo kind of thing anyway. So
1: it seems like back when you were doing the show and, and I could be completely wrong on this. I'm, i for whatever reason, this just ring, you said you brought up the ballot thing and it seemed like that that was one of the knocks on you was, is that you were very ballad driven, yeah. Was that, was absolutely. That, was that some of the feedback that you were getting to, to where they were kind of challenging you to do more tempo stuff? No,
3: no, and and no, <laughs> because it was working. Yeah. On the show, true. that is true. It was working. Um, I did love somebody like you uh, on the show, and didn't
1: you do Ain't Going Down too?
3: No, I did uh, Bonfire. Did.
1: Oh, that's right. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. So
3: I did Bonfire, um, which my my drummer, uh, when I came off the show, when I put my band together, my drummer actually wrote that song. So Really? Yeah. Aww. Yeah, him and, him and Craig. And so, um, in fact, Phil Billy produces Craig Morgan's records. Craig, uh, Phil Billy said, hey, I got your drummer and your band leader. His guy's name's Mike Rogers. And I'm like, okay. He goes, he's a good man. And he's out, he's playing bluegrass right now mm. uh, with Dole Lawson and Quicksilver. And I'm like, okay. He goes, but he's an amazing drummer, great singer, great guitar player. And I'm like, okay. He was like, he's Craig's band leader for eight years and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, I meet Mikey and he's his sweetest, he's a sweetheart, man. He's, he's he's gold and uh, he's amazing. He's the most, he's the most talented person I've ever met in my life. He's playing with Ricky Skaggs. He's in the Kentucky Thunder now. So mm. that's what he does now. Wow. Yeah. You gotta be kind of good to play with uh, Ricky yes. Skaggs for sure. Yeah. 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 And so uh, he plays drums when they do the country thing and he plays guitar when they do their bluegrass stuff. Mm. So anyway, uh, Mikey comes on board with me playing drums and my band leader. Ooh, Craig, I see him in Vegas mm-hmm.
5: uh, in mm-hmm.
3: in April and uh, we're doing the radio thing, the radio round thing, right? <laughs> Craig comes up, puts me in a headlock, <laughs> and I've never met Craig Morgan in my life. I'm a huge fan, right? But he comes and puts at me in a headlock, and I turn around, and I'm like, what the, you know, I'm yeah. like, who the right, is this, right? Yeah. So, and then he, he get, and I, I know, I was like, oh, Craig, and this time he had a big beard because mm-hmm. he'd just done this um, Adirondack thing or whatever the hell he was doing then. Mm-hmm. And, and so we start talking, and he's like, man, you got Mikey working for you? I said, yes, sir. And he's like, he's the best, man. You know, and I'm like, That's yeah, cool. blah, blah, blah. so anyway, we start talking. He goes, you know, Michael wrote Bonfire. Mm. And uh, anyway, so I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Anyway, yeah, it was. So whatever, whatever. Cool. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Uh, See, this is I'm going so 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 to yeah, reel you so back in. Got to reel you back in. so
1: somewhere yeah. along the way, well, and, and we're going to take a break here in just a little bit. And then I want to get back and I want to get into some. Personal stuff that you and I discussed on the yeah, phone. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to do that in just a bit, but um, I want to get back to the contract because yeah. you're basically supposed to be getting a million dollars per album. Right. How many albums did you get paid for?
3: Um, one, because I put one out.
1: So I guess what I'm trying to understand if Simon is this wonderful business guy and he's putting together this deal, why did he give Sony the out? Uh, well, How did they so, get an out with so this they deal? Didn't,
3: they didn't, the only out they had was to cut me.
1: That's my point.
3: So that's it. So that's what happens. So, you know, you get your, you your million-dollar uh, advancement on the first album, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, hey, I'm a millionaire for 30 seconds, right? right. yeah. <laughs> you know, <and> then, then <laughs> the taxes come out of it and all the, the good stuff happens, right? Um, and then I got to pay my manager yeah, who gets 20% of everything. That's good, right? Yeah, yeah. So okay, um, so you got eight
1: hundred thousand. <laughs> no, no, no. so joking. then
3: you, you take forty percent for taxes, right? And then you I take twenty percent. You know, That's what I that, mean. So yeah. anyway, so Being facetious. Yeah, yeah, no. Any anyway, so it it, it just wasn't wor- it wasn't going to work as far as now Sony. So Sony puts in. I think my album cost a hundred grand. Okay. To to make and that shoot a twenty five thousand dollar video for Power of a Love Song. Um, they couldn't do a radio tour because they couldn't afford to with me. Right. So they said the show, and for the people who don't know about radio tours in, in, out there in, in uh, podcast land, artists have to do radio tours to introduce their new music to radio stations, to program directors, music directors, and, and the people. Um, and you have to go. There's 150. Is there 150 still? Uh, reporting oh, I don't know. markets reporting savings. so you have to go see all these people it's, and it's yeah. six, it's six to eight weeks before your single drops you go and you you try to see as many of these people Tuesday through Friday Mondays never work um, and <laughs> so <laughs> so you have to go see all these people and you have to say hey I'm Tate Stevens and here's my new single and I really hope you play it and I want to play a, a do some songs here for you in the studio, oh, yeah. or we're going to go to your favorite bar and we're going to play a little acoustic show, or, or the
1: we'll do, conference room, or, or the conference
3: room, alley, or, the or bowling <laughs> alley, or a will change
2: place if they're the yeah. sponsor and yeah. it Who gives enough Who cares?
3: You're just going to go do yeah. what the radio station wants <laughs> yeah. to do. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes you get to do full band shows for whatever mm-hmm. thing they're doing. Right. Anyway, so you go do those things, and you do like six to eight weeks before your single comes out. Then you do another four to six weeks after the single drops. Because you have to go back, because some of them aren't on it. And some of them, you're just like, hey, bud, how come you're not playing me? Well, because I need t-shirts for my beach show that we're doing. (laughs) A lot of politics. Is there any way you can help out with that? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, anyway, so... Yeah, that's another story. It's so, a true story, though. I true, mean, true. really, yeah, there's yeah, program yeah. directors right.
1: who are yeah. leveraging the heck out of record because, look, yeah. everybody's wanting something out of the deal. You scratch right. my back, I'll scratch yours. Right. You get what you want, I get what I want.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, so as an artist, new artist, up and, and even for a while, you have to do radio tours. I mean, there's still artists that are have several hit records still going out and seeing yeah. radio really? tours. Yeah, really? Like absolutely. who? Um, well, let's see. Uh, the first... The first person that comes to oh, um, uh, who do you got, Jill?
2: I can tell you, I can tell you one that I know. We saw, I think, Thompson I think,
3: Square. I know they're still doing it. Really? Oh, are they? Absolutely, because we just did Noe's uh, golf tournament. Okay, I played golf and did their acoustic thing, and they were there with KFKF.
1: No way! Absolutely. Anyway, finish your thought, Joe. Well,
2: the one I was thinking of, where they kind of did like a, a revamp of her, was um, so now she's Maggie Rose. Oh
1: yeah, oh, do you remember Maggie Rose? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Maggie
2: Rose, yeah, the, f- the first time around was Margaret Durante, absolutely. And she- She's amazing. Like I don't understand, and I'm not going to get into. Well, it's because she's a woman, or this or that. I I don't know why. Yeah, we were Tate and I were talking about Lauren Elena a little bit earlier um, before we started the podcast, and just it's crazy how talented, and it seems like a lot of times it is women. I'm sure it's not always, but how talented they can be, and just what doesn't happen. Like not really like what happened, but like what didn't happen. Yeah. So
3: after I left Sony, uh, when when my time at Sony was gone, RCA was gone. I went to RPM, which that's where Maggie was. Yeah. So before she was, when she was Margaret Yeah. she released a few, like two singles. And then they changed RPM, Scott Simon, who was then my, became my manager after I got out of my bad management deal with Ken Levitan. Um, and I wrote a a big old fat check for about $600,000. That was pretty fun. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Feels good. Where's all your money now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, um, Scott signed as an artist uh with rpm and under the management of rpm and uh because we had the manager side radio side we had our own radio team and everything yep. like that so anyway um Maggie she had just had a top twenty hit with uh not gun not the not the gun one not the whatever her whatever that single was so is me uh maggie mm. chase rice mm. so okay. chase was on rpm at that time right before ready set let's roll went to number one mm. with sony mm-hmm. because they kind of sold him off right uh sony took it over it, it was at 40 ish, and then sony said we'll take it from here really? give him to us and everything worked for them right hmm. so anyway uh and huh. then and then maggie had something and a gun Uh, I don't know the gun one. She
2: had, I ain't your mama. That That, was
3: their top. That was the top 20. Okay. That was the top 20. So that, I ain't your mama was the top 20. Well, she's coming off this success as an independent artist, right? Mm -hmm. A female independent artist. She's killing it. Maggie is so talented. Yeah. Right. For sure. Anyway. um, And then, God, and the the gun song, it was, and I, it's something in a gun or something. Anyway, whatever. Uh, and then people were like, oh, we love it, we love it, we love it. And then they wouldn't play it because it's kind of a little, it's a little racy as mm-hmm. far as, I think it's a, pr- she maybe was in prison or something for uh, something, somebody, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. It, it, it was a great song. Anyway, so. Yeah.
1: yeah All right. Anyway, so one it. last question before we go to break. Okay. Unless you got something, Joe. No, no, no. Um, I want to
2: know what this, I'm looking up the song.
1: I... <laughs> I think that there's some people, unless you're in the industry, you know, a musician or you're in radio and you're close to the industry, people don't understand, I think, why songs do what they do. We talked about the politics. Yep. I think there's a lot of that in, in you know, I think Travis was on to some stuff there. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. You know, when he you was talking about that. hundred percent correct. Um, and, and there is a lot of game playing and politics, but look, that's in every industry. Everything you do. It is. Um, it's also how strong is the song, you know, is it a good, is yep. it a, is it a good fit? It's nothing, it doesn't mean it's a bad song. Is it a bad song for you? Um, and is it coming out at a bad time? Is Tim McGraw, Keith Urban and <laughs> Kenny Chesney who got tours that are them. coming out and they've got brand new singles, brand new albums, and you got to compete them, with that. I mean, you're, you're not,
3: it's not working. No, if because that baggers. PD
1: and MD is going to add them. They've got tenure,
3: right? They've, and I can get backstage with Keith Urban. I can get twenty sets. What can Tate Stevens do for me? <laughs> right? Tate Stevens has right. nothing to give me right now, yeah, mm-hmm. great song, great guy, love you, yeah, but Keith's got me I got twenty with
1: him and twenty with Luke. <laughs> Tate,
3: yeah. you're gonna have to wait till next month,
1: so mm-hmm. my point to that is there's quickly just three different scenarios <clears throat> that contribute to a person's success or demise, yep, and I'm gonna ask you if you can give me. And in a Cliff Notes version, because I know you can get long-winded, Tater. Steve. Steven. Steven. (laughs) Well, I don't, and I don't want to word this wrong because I don't think that you're, there's a demise to your career, but there is a reason why that it didn't take off to the level of what you had maybe hoped.
3: Okay. Uh, First, our single was a ballad. You don't, it's really hard. Handful of artists that started with a ballad. There's only Mm -hmm. a handful. Uh, Brad Paisley, one of them. Mm -hmm. He started with a ballad. Uh, Craig Morgan started with a ballad. Um, There's a few. Um, and, and, and at the time, like when Craig came out, um, almost home was his first single mm-hmm. took 50 weeks. Yes. Oh. it did. I remember that, that. whole year, 50 That's weeks. Huge. Huge. Um, they, they had stopped the song at like 44. It just stopped. It literally, I think plateaued. that was one of
1: those songs that it was
3: hard to get then, then radio stations on. Yeah. So a few started playing it. They yeah. started getting some traction. They ran at it again. Benny ran at it again because yeah. you know he was a broken bow then. Sure. So um, he they they pushed and pushed and pushed. Ah, you got a top ten hit. Yeah. With almost home, I think with number five, I think or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he followed it up with. That's what I love about Sunday mm-hmm. number yes. one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Had tempo. Mm-hmm. Tempo. Yes. So my song, "Power of Love," song, good song, really good song. Um, it's it's just a ballad. It's a ballad. Mm-hmm. You can't. And I didn't do a radio tour. I didn't go see all these people. Right. I saw I right. saw a handful of people, Right. and it's just not going to work. Even with the ballad. I I think I, I think we died at 40, 40 or forty one or something like that mm-hmm. with Power of Love song. Um, and I'm 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 super blessed. I can't. I'm so not. Why didn't I'm that song do be
1: better? Uh, well, it, I mean, is it because it's, it's? Are you putting it against the radio tour?
3: I'm I'm putting a lot of it to the radio tour. Okay, um, because we I didn't get to go see these people. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm putting also with, it's not, it's not a, it's a good song. It's not a great song. Mm -hmm. And it's a ballad. Yeah. And to start your career with a ballad, it's, it's hard, right? Um, Then there was, there's not a lot of push from the label because they couldn't, they didn't have the money. They're already in the hole, $5 million (laughs) with my contract. So you think about that. Mm -hmm. If you're a business owner and I come to you and say, Hey, I, I'm already in the hole. Five million. It's not going to work. They're going to cut me. So, you know, eight months into this journey, I'm. They're like, we got to let you go. It's not going to work for you or for us. We want you to be successful. We love you. We think you're super talented. But we got. We can't. we we, we have to wash our hands. Okay. So then I go to RPM. Right. We go in and we record five songs that aren't ballads. Zero mm-hmm. ballads. All tempo right and we put out a song called better at night that was what we were going to start with better at night kind of cool weird eclectic sort of for me mm-hmm. wasn't real country but it was what was kind of working at the time so i'm like okay i thought sweet life was a better song i thought that's my girl was a better song anyway so i think there's 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 part of that they didn't have the money RPM was a, we were a, a kind of a, a big independent label mm-hmm. at the time. They didn't have the the funds to push a big radio tour. We started doing a radio tour. People were already picking up. Um, the ones that played "Power of a Love" song were already starting to spin better at night for us. So we started moving again. Yeah. The wheels on the bus started moving again. Right. Yep. So the label shuts down because they run out of money. Yep, Maggie Rose done with yep. her part of it. Yep, they sell Chase Rice off to Sony. Everything works for them. Great. Um, it was me and I think it was another artist, and I don't remember who it was. We're done. We're just sitting in the water. Yeah, we're dead in the water with this. And I have this brand new project, and I'm, you know, I shoot a video on the Sweet Life. That's why the podcast called Sweet Life. Yeah. Uh, so we shoot a video on sweet the Sweet Life song. CMT puts it on their website, and in 24 hours we got like. 100,000 views or some crazy stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. We're like, hey, it's going to work. Everybody was feeling like, hey, this stuff's going to work. And a lot of people were like, this is what you should have came out with first and then then went to the ballad songs and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's not me. You know, I would have come out with a tempo song, even a a mid-tempo song. right? Just something that kind of moved, you know, and then went from there. Anyway, so it is what it is. I think, uh, and then... And it's all timing. There's, there's Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. There's timing when, you know, I wasn't, we picked uh, for Better at Night to have a drop date. We went, um, we found out when Jason and when Luke and when Keith and when Garth and everybody else was going to drop their singles. And we just went and said, okay, we can't do it this week, can't do it this week, can't do it this week. We can do it this week. This is when we're going. This mm-hmm. is our date. Mm-hmm. And we picked a date six to seven weeks out. And we started a radio tour well then halfway through the I mean I'm two weeks in two weeks into a radio tour I think I'm in San Jose California and we're driving down the highway with my radio guy mm-hmm. phone rings uh okay you want us to finish the week okay all right thanks he keeps driving he said hey guys well label just closed <laughs> jeez oh 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 my oh okay okay all right so, <laughs> w- w- are we going to do the San Jose show? Yeah, we're going to do the San Jose show, and then we're flying back to Nashville. And I don't have a job anymore,
1: right? Kind of, that's of a run of bad luck, huh?
3: Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. It's 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 just how it works.
1: But here's like the that. thing that I think I'll—you're not the only story about that's like that. I mean, this is Hunters, this ha- this is regu- thousands ha- exactly. It happens a lot.
3: All the time. There's so many great artists that no one will ever hear of. There's so many great artists that won't get a chance. There's so many great artists that, uh, and, and that's where I'm blessed. I had a chance. I had yeah. an opportunity.
1: You get one you real. You said had. Does that mean you've hung it up?
3: No, no, no. I'm still playing. I still play. I got well, I know you play, sleeping.
1: but are you still pursuing that? I'm, I'm are you pers- still pursuing a national recording
3: contract? No. No, because here, and here's why. Um, I think with, with social media today, I think with certain outlets in, in radio and things like that, mm-hmm. I think there's ways that I can continue to play music for as long as I want to play music, mm-hmm. and, and I can make a living doing it. And sure, I, am I going to ever have a number one hit? Probably not.
1: Did you build your own recording studio?
3: Yeah, I have one. Okay. Uh, it's not mine. It's my producer's okay. in his house. But my
1: point is is that you yeah. can have your own independent thing it's, going on. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what we're doing. Especially with all the digital distribution these days, that's what I'm saying.
3: So it's it is is it nice to have a label behind you? Yeah, because they're a bank. Yep, they're the bank. Yep, you don't have to fund it; they're funding it. And they I'll have give you two hundred and fifty
1: dollars. <laughs> I
3: was trying to borrow some money.
1: Hey, if so we're going to start a GoFundMe page for Tate Stevens. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. No. So, that's,
2: so that Sorry. is what you're doing. That Absolutely. you're doing shows, and that that's what you do at this point to make a living.
3: Yeah. We're, All this time, is
1: it just local, yeah. or are no? You... I am
3: going everywhere. We, everywhere, we, every, everywhere they'll have us, we play. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, in fact, this week uh, Friday night I am in Liberal, Kansas, um, at the Five Star State Fair, and then Saturday uh, it's my first time playing at home. And that's cool. Years. Where Man, Belton? Oh, what? Yeah, in like ten, home? First like first time not ten years? First time i played in in home at in Belton. They used to have a thing called uh, Belton Community Days, and I think they had done away with that a few years ago um they have a fall festival every year okay and it's the first time i've actually got to play in belton since the show
1: that's really cool so, so is your Saturday, band is it the same band that then you got when you after no. x factor or are these no, all local guys
3: these are low i'm using a lot of local guys well
1: you're using aj aj, right? yeah, yeah, I, AJ plays guitar mm-hmm. for
3: me um i have uh lance pollard uh playing drums uh i know lance I he's a name. good dude he's yeah. a great guy good he's a, dude and no one knew he played drums
1: yeah, I knew he played drums, and we
3: no none of us did. We were like, "Lance plays drums." Yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and he's really it. good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and 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 so I'm I'm using guys here in town and that I know and and, yeah. and uh, that I can trust. And here's the thing: I have such. Um, this is where this is where I get you're myself. getting emotional. No, this is where I get myself. I'm not getting emotional. This is where I get myself because I care too much. I care too much about the music. I care too much yeah. music. Music is me. It's 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 what makes me me. Yeah, and and I love entertaining people and I love singing for people and I'm I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you know obviously I want a show. Yeah, mm-hmm. um and and so I just I don't know I love doing what I do and sure and, I, and so I have to put people around me who who feel the kind of same.
1: 100%. And, you know what I mean? Because You're a product of your environment, you know? So you got to, in order like, for it to be fun, you got to have people in your circle you enjoy being around.
3: Absolutely. And, and it's fun right now. Uh, and and, and if, if this is all that it's going to be for the next mm-hmm. 10 years, five years, 20 years, then I'm okay. Okay. You know, uh, I've played the Grand Ole Opry several times, and I've got to play some of the biggest stages. I've played in front of 50,000. I've played in front of five people. I've got to do so many cool things that n- uh, most people will never get to do. I've shared the stage with some of my my friends now that I get to call friends. Yeah. uh, And all that. So I've got to do so many things, and and I'm blessed and I'm honored and all that. But I still love doing it, and Mm -hmm. I I, I can't stop. I'll play every VFW Hall in the country. (laughs) I want to go to that show. You know what I mean? So, anyway. All right. So,
1: here's what we're going to do. When we come back, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about what we talked about on the phone which actually I was not expecting us to have that conversation but we had a very raw conversation about some things that we had in common and uh, you said that you would be open to discussing it on the podcast so when we come back we'll do that you brought your guitar we might even have you play a song one of your new ones or something that you're pushing love to do that with Tate Stevens along with Jillian Greg on the Papa Ron Podcast
0: the Papa Podcast is brought to you by Dumar Solutions. Dumar Solutions, offering affordable chemical and PPE solutions for any industry. Automotive, industrial, manufacturing, concrete, and asphalt construction. Also offering kitchen cleaners, corrosion control, and specialty coatings. Detergents, cleaners and degreasers, laundry care, floor care, odor control, personal hygiene, and and much more. Do more with Dumar. Inquire with any of your needs at DumarSolutions.com. That's D O M A R E Solutions.com. Now back to the Paparan podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips.
1: I'm just so thrilled to death that you gave me a call, man, because it had been a long time since we had talked. I think I reached out to you through social media while you were doing the live shows and just said, man, I'm so proud of you because we, all of us were. Kansas city was just so damn proud. I know. I remember having internal conversations with Jill in the morning show at Q 104 and just yeah. rah, 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 go take You all know, just being yeah. so proud. And, and, um, and I'll never forget the first time I met you, or at least what I recall, when you were with the Outlaw Junkies for a short time. And we mm-hmm. were doing, remember when we did a show? I can't remember the guy's name who did, uh, and I'm talking to Jill now, mm-hmm. the guy who owned the peanut out there in Overland Park. or yeah. Shawnee, it's Shawnee. <laughs> um, what was that ta- guy's name? Uh, Chuck. 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 Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Yes, and Chuck. We, did, we did something out there in the parking lot. And I remember yep. being on stage interviewing you, or not interviewing you, but introducing you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first time I met Tate Stevens.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I remember those shows. Uh, it was either the Diamond Rio show or the Tracy oh, Lawrence Tracy show. Tracy Lawrence, Tracy yeah, Lawrence is think, exactly what it was. I think yeah. it was Tracy Lawrence, yeah. We, yeah. we, played, we played the – I've known Chuck for a long time. <laughs> Have you really? Wow, yeah. I played – he used to own some Sonics. Yeah. And he owns yeah. Sonic and Raymore. Okay. When I was in the Dixie Cadillacs, he had us come play at the Sonic oh. and Raymore. Oh. They had an empty field, and we played right. next to him and stuff like that. What's that he guy to, doing now? Uh, I don't know. I saw him in South Carolina. I was doing a radio thing. Okay. One of the radio things I got to do in South Carolina. And it was on a boat. It was on this big old yacht thing on the lake. And we're up there doing this acoustic thing. And this guy's <laughs> staring at me in the back. And Chuck's a big guy. Yeah. Yep. And he's staring at me and I'm like, God, I know that guy. And then he just <laughs> starts smiling. And I was like, What are you? He's from South Carolina. Yeah. He went yeah. to South Carolina, yeah. the whole thing, right? Yep. And then it and I was and I'm like, holy crap. I haven't seen him. That I, was ten uh, years ago. So. I
1: think the last time I saw him I don't know if the So I, I love to gamble. I love um. Uh, not only sports betting, but I also like to play Texas Hold'em. Oh, yeah. And if I remember correctly, Chuck has got his own little gambling, gambling problem. And <laughs> and he, I saw, was watching the World Series of Poker on ESPN or whichever it is, and there was a shot of him in the World Series of Poker. Now, he didn't make huh. it to the final table or anything, but, right, he, but he was there. He right, was playing. there, and he was in, and I was like, holy I know that guy. Anyway, that's, that's cool. That doesn't surprise me. Anyway, back with Tate Stevens and Jillian. Thank you for being here too. I love yeah, you to death. You. And um, I, re-
3: I remember we three, right?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, we that. three. Yeah,
3: we did the uh, Pleasant Hill Opera together.
2: We did. Yeah, we did. <clears throat> so I just saw. <laughs> I'm just completely saw Tate.
1: out on this one. I have no idea what you're talking about. Please, I
2: don't remember that. I don't remember that that we did that together. I just saw Tate back in what was it? You did an event for Mark Alford yeah. at uh, oh, Big, yes, Big, Big Iron Oh, yes, we got to yeah. talk
1: about this. Yeah, I saw this on yeah. social media. Go ahead.
2: So, uh, is that right? Big Iron Town? Big like, Iron Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in Pleasant Hill. Beautiful place. And Mark Alford was having an event there, and, and Tate was playing, and, and so I go out. And when it was over, I was like, so when when Tate won X Factor, mm-hmm. and then did like Yollapalooza the next year for yes. 2004, right? Starlight. <clears throat>
5: mm-hmm.
2: That was when I was I was pregnant. Okay, with my youngest with everly, okay, so that's right, I didn't go to that a show, um, and so I didn't have a picture with Tate like that i that I knew of, and i was I was really like going maybe, maybe i maybe I just never met him because i <laughs> i know i know, i know, I know, I know, I know, so I'm at big iron town, <laughs> okay, um, just like a couple months ago, I don't know a couple months ago three months ago, four months ago okay. Yeah. And I wait till the end and Tate's talking and if you've noticed, he likes to talk. And so I waited a very <laughs> yes. long time to go make an absolute fool of myself because I go up and I go, I don't even know that you would remember me. I, I, I don't think we've ever met, but um, I said, Jillian and, and, and Mark Alford's like, oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, and Tate's like, I've known you for a long time i've met you lots of times Uh, like we and then he starts listing off these things like we did this and and when you sang with your sisters with the we three the trio and we did the pleasant hill the big creek up and i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) because it's the worst and you've you've had it happen right where you say
1: Actually, Jill, I have it. No, no. no you're on your oh. own. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Somebody course.
2: introduces you to something. Yeah. and you say? Yeah. I don't say this oh, anymore. Sure. You say nice to meet you. Yeah. Right. You would say it's nice to see you. Yeah. Because if you say nice to see you, you're not letting on that this could be the first time you met them.
3: <laughs> or you forgot. No,
2: or you forgot that. But that covers you either way. It's that's nice to see you. Okay. Maybe it's the first time. But no, I just go all out. I'm like, I don't think I. I just want to get a picture. You sounded oh, great. Gosh. I, and i and and i don't think we've ever met i don't know how we didn't meet all these years and he's like he just totally calls me out and i was like oh and not my. rudely by by any means yeah. not rudely just yeah. like no there was this and the and outlaw junkies and this and yeah. i was like um can i get did a picture those, anyway did
1: the memories start coming back though when he started mentioning that stuff you know you said I, you didn't you don't remember the we three
2: i i don't remember the opry thing but that probably was because i was so nervous myself gotcha because I was singing, and, and I'm not a great singer, and so that Shut was up. very she's, nervous about that. Shut up. She's
1: actually pretty good. I've seen her perform. But,
2: well, so is Tate, but I don't,
1: <laughs> I don't remember that.
2: But I, I did not ever connect, obviously, uh, that that it was Tate that was, I mean, we saw that Outlaw Junkies
1: how uh, many times oh, over yeah. the
2: years. I don't know how I didn't connect that. I just didn't.
1: Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean,
2: Pregnancy brain. Can I blame it on that? Sure. I was pregnant sure. during the X yeah. factor thing. Good. So yeah, go for let's it. go with that. Go for it. So hey, I'm sorry. one thing I'm sorry. I've been,
1: I want to get into what I said, yeah. what I teased yep, about yep, the yep, phone yep. call. So we're going to do that here in just a second. But I also have to tell you that I told this friend of mine who has been a friend of mine since I was like yay tall from my hometown of Marysville. She now lives in Emporia. Um, Her name uh, is Jill Newland. And, okay wind her Jill Butler was originally her first or maiden name anyway during the time that he was going she was pregnant okay and they were having their very first boy and they were like who do we who do we and I think I was posting about Tate and it was excited and mm-hmm. going yeah go Tate and and because of me promoting and and lifting up Tate what right. he was doing the x-factor right she became more aware of what was going on in the X Factor and named her son Tate after Tate Stevens.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: Yes. That's cool. So when she saw the promo on social media, she says, "You got to tell him the story that I named my son right. after him." That's nice, That's <laughs> which I nice. thought was pretty cool. That's and nice. she loved now, it.
3: And now you call her back and say his real name is Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your son's right. name is a
4: fake. Yeah, it's a, a phony, phony. Dude. It's all made up. Yeah, it's, it's right. all
3: big facade, man. Yeah. It's a big Rick. facade.
1: All right. So where I want to go next is going to be a little bit raw. We're going to get below the surface a little bit, and. um, for those who have been following this podcast for a little while, you know that the reason I started this podcast wasn't just to, you know, get back into this radio feel and game again. It was because I had experienced something that was uh very difficult. It was dark, it was un confusing, um scary. And so when Tate had called me about, "Hey, let's get together. I've got a podcast too and we talked about doing, you know, each other's podcast and just kind of reconnecting and catching up. One of the things that we discussed was why I'm even doing this podcast and how it got to be what it is, which then I opened up about my struggle um, over the last two years with depression and anxiety. And, um, and that's when Tate opened up to me about similar symptoms that he had had over the last few years.
3: Yeah. Um, I've never been one to care about much of anything, honestly. I I mean, like not care, but like, yeah house is on fire good all right we're good mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> you know, I mean? yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. everybody
3: out we're fine mm-hmm. well you know I, I've, I've never worried about anything i've never um sat around and and uh like just brewed and and stewed and that whole thing of worry and and no anxiety about anything okay um until 10 years ago mm. Uh, so
1: this is right after you won?
3: Yeah. And and here's, I think, and, and because they say, and they, the doctors, I guess, uh, will say that if you've had a traumatic experience, things like this will happen, like, um, or a change in life, a lifestyle change or a change mm-hmm. in life. Um, things like this can happen. Anxiety, uh-huh. uh, what I'm talking about. Obviously, I had a huge change in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, uh-huh. So um, I went from being me to being me on steroids, kind of, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and High to, adrenaline. Yeah, it was really, I was gone and I was, I was, um, things were moving in my life. I had no control over, mm. and, uh, I'm not a control freak by any means, but it's kind of like, I didn't have any control, or really any say in a lot of things that was going on. Um, I was having a lot of fun playing music and being on the road and, you know I mean? Doing that kind of thing. And, 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 doing what I've always wanted to do, but it was taking a toll. Like I said before, you know, getting off an airplane and 50 people standing there in a a place you've never been. And they're like, hey, can we get your autograph? Can you sign this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's weird. Okay, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so those kind of things. And, And then the stress, I've never really stressed out about anything except some maybe what I was going to eat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what are we have for dinner? You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, I I I I mean I I'm not that's not, I was stressed out because I knew I had to make something work that wasn't going to work. Mm. Does that make sense? Yep.
2: And a lot of people relying on
3: on me. I on had your, I had a band, I had know, yeah. I had you yeah. know, I had people, I had Agent or not agents, but uh, uh, managers and Mm -hmm. and business managers and all these people that counted on me to make money.
1: Was there any stress from the standpoint of now that you've won this show and now you're going to have to live up to a standard, an excellence of, you know, amongst the people who voted for you on the show or people (laughs) across the country that loved country music and and you're feeling like you're seeing like, oh, this isn't working. And I've got a hundred percent. Absolutely.
3: That's the truth. Now, I am me. I cannot be anything but me. Right. Um, But I'm a different me. What does that mean? Uh, Because I do worry. I do stress. I do. I have anxiety about things. I didn't know I did. Yeah.
1: You're saying a different me today as opposed to then. Yeah. Ten years ago. Gotcha.
3: Um, I I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I was working my ass off and just like all other artists have to you you you're out there struggling and you're you're trying to do something that's really not it it, it doesn't happen right right it's mm-hmm. it's very few and far between that it really happens mm-hmm. and works right mm-hmm. all, think about all the millions of artists out there and there's only a handful that really kind of make it mm-hmm. right yeah. to to, to yeah, that level the Keith Urban sure. Jason Aldeans, it's yeah. only, there's only a handful so I'm out there trying to do this, trying to make this thing work, not only for me, but for everybody in my band and crew, mm-hmm. my family. You bet. You know, I wanted, uh, you know, I had a vision of what I wanted to do after this show. I didn't know I was going to win. I didn't think I was going to win. I didn't think I was going to win that show until the two weeks before the finale. I'm in the top four, and I'm like, God, dang. Mm look here fatty you might win this thing (laughs) you know what i mean right and and, and that's uh, that's so fast forward i have a band i have a crew i'm i'm leasing buses and you know we have all this gear and all this shit and it's like wow I didn't I wasn't I didn't feel stressed out. I didn't mm. I was just like yeah we're running a hundred miles an hour trying to make this thing work and I'm fighting it's me against the world, right? Mm-hmm. That's my mentality. I have to make this work for my family, for me, my career, my future. Yeah. All that all this stuff, right? Um, I didn't know that it was taking that big of a toll on me until I, I started having chest pains. And we all heard the if you're gonna have a heart attack. Can't breathe, tightness in your chest, mm-hmm. arms mm-hmm. numb. You yeah. know what I mean? And all these kind of weird things start happening to me. Yep. My arms never went numb. So I didn't I was like, nah. I remember laying in bed uh at home and it would happen at random times. I'd be driving down the road and it would start happening and I'm like oh, it would like hurt, like piercing pain, and my heart would like feel like just mm. jumping out of my chest. Yep. I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna crash and die hmm. right now. I'm gonna have a heart attack and I'm gonna crash and die. <laughs> never happened so it had been happened for weeks Mm -hmm. and and my wife was like "You all right i'm like yeah fine fine, then i finally told her i finally kind of i was i was laying in bed it's like three in the morning and it wakes me up and i'm like oh shit here we go Mm -hmm. this is it this is really it it woke Mm -hmm. me up Mm -hmm. and i mean my heart i could my my chest is just Going, 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 and I can't breathe. And I'm like... Uh, and I look over at my wife. True story. I look at my wife, and I'm like, I'm not going to wake her up. Yeah. She can just find me. I don't want her to mm-hmm. to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. I went back to sleep. I wake up. Next day, I'm fine. You're still alive. I'm still alive. still good. Do you think We're it was good.
2: a dream or anything? No, no. It was you knew it was. No, no I, mean, I, I, I knew it was real. Did it, you ever... No, no, no.
3: No, I knew it was real. I knew this was really happening yeah. because... You know, we'd be on the It'd bus flying down the highway and I'm like, oh, boy, well, here we go. You know, it happening again. So it was just weird time. So I, I finally tell my wife because I'm getting a little scared.
1: You told me that you something happened when you were on your way to the airport, right? So I finally tell my wife when we're on the way to the airport. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: And I, and I tell her because it's this. happening again yeah, on your way there. Yeah.
3: And I'm like and she was like, what's wrong? I was like, and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, OK. I don't know what's going on, but I'm having these weird chest pains, and I'm I'm freaking out, right? And she was like, "What the?" She's
1: pissed off at you. She's
3: so mad. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you tell me? And I said, and then I tell her about the night, a few nights before, and she was like, "Oh my god!" So she called. Literally, she puts me on an airplane. We're flying. I'm flying to Phoenix to do a a one-off in Phoenix, uh, and then I'm flying home. She calls my road manager, Randy. He, she said, Randy. My husband's having chest pains. You need to watch, make sure he blah blah blah. So I get to Phoenix, and my road manager's picking me up. Hmm. He's like, "Boss, what are you doing to me?" And I'm like, "No, it's all good. We're good, man." And so he's like, "No, no. When 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 your wife calls and says you're not good, we're not good. That's not cool." Yeah. And so anyway, we do the show. Everything's great. I fly home, and she was like. I can't believe you have kept this from me and this and that. And I was like, I didn't want you to worry. How long did you keep it from her? Oh, weeks, weeks and weeks. Okay, months. so like six months? No, probably, probably, probably two or three months. Okay.
2: And where was this in the process of? This is like, this is like mm. after the show. After yeah, it's after won. the show.
3: It was probably two thousand. Mm. 14, 15, okay. right in there. So you're okay. a couple of years after So I'm a show. couple years after, because now, I mean, it's kind of, it's probably 14, so it's like two years after. Yeah. And then this is kind of where RPM shuts down. This mm-hmm. is kind of where the right. wheels on the bus start kind of falling off a little bit, right? Get it.
1: totally get it.
3: So I, well, I'm home and and she was like, I can't believe you kept this. And I was like, I'm
1: sorry, I shouldn't.
3: And she was like, when does it happen? And I'm like, oh, it's happening right now. Mm. <laughs> So we go from, we're, we're coming into the triangle, the Grandview Triangle, right?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And headed home, and I said, well, happening right now. She was like, whoop, 470, all the way to Lisa, uh, St. Luke's. Yep. Mm-hmm. She was like, and she wa- we walk in. I said, I'm fine. She, we walk in. She's like, my husband's having chest pains, mm. and he can't breathe. And the lady was like, bam, throws me down on the gurney. They <laughs> slam me through the doors, rip off my shirt wow no literally the lady was like right this was there wasn't very many people in the waiting room or anything for right. the emergency room they literally hooked me up to all these electrodes and i'm just laying there like i'm fine honey i am fine mm-hmm. she's like no you're not this is happening for so long and yeah, yeah but she was so she's so mad. sure she so <laughs> mad and i guess i would have been too but anyway so the doctor comes in after probably 20 minutes their ekg's going all the little graphs are going He's like, okay, sir, what's been happening? I told him. He's like, okay. <sighs> when does it happen? I said, it's happening right now. Mm.
1: And he looks at all my stuff, and he was like, nothing's moving on the monitor, right? You're good. Yeah. Mm. And I, and I looked at my wife.
0: Excuse me, and I said, I told you,
3: I'm good. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you're not good, man. Your heart's fine. Yeah, mm. you're not having a heart attack. I think you're having an anxiety attack. You need to go see. A doctor about this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, good luck. Not happening.
1: When he said a doctor, was he re- re- like a, a like somebody, psychiatrist? A, no, or, I, don't, I don't know. Like I mean, a medical doctor. Maybe a medical do- somebody. I guess can, a psychiatrist is a yeah, medical doctor, but,
3: but maybe I, I don't know. So he's like, you need to go see somebody other than me, I can't, I'm a cardiologist. Mm-hmm. I can't help you. Right. right. Gotcha. With your problems. Okay. And I'm like, he goes, lose weight. Right. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Lay off
2: the biscuits yeah, and gravy. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just saying.
3: Look fatty, stop, <laughs> stop, back, push yourself away from the table. Uh, anyway. So I'm, oh my I'm gosh. like, um, I'm like, all right. So my wife, uh, she, she sets all these things up and I go talk to some people and, and I find out that, Anxiety and depression are hand in hand. They're one and almost one in the same. Yep. Um, I didn't know. I I, I kind of, I kind of thought that I was not depressed, but I kind of thought that the depression part of it, I understood mm-hmm. because of the bad things that had kind of went on in the last mm-hmm. few years, you know, at, at that time. Uh, I had, I've had a great life and, and I, I have at the end of the day, do I have anything to be depressed about? No, not really. But at that time I was I was fighting this feeling of failure. Boy, can I relate. And and it sucks. Yeah. Um it, it and and today it, it it bothers me today, even, you know. Um because when I when I talk about certain things, I'm like, yeah, well, shit, that didn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, hmm. <sighs> You know, and then so anyway, back to the the part of he and so I go see this guy and he's like, it's one and the same. Mm -hmm. If you're depressed, you're usually anxious about it or the anxiety takes over. My daughter, my daughter fights the same thing. Mm. Um, And the doctor said the same thing about her. When she's depressed, she's anxious, and she has these anxiety attacks. And when she's anxiety, she has the anxiety, then she gets depressed about it. Mm. Right. So it's just it just a a, a constant cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and I got it. You know, I'm like, okay, that's what I'm. That's what I'm going through. It has to be mm-hmm. because of it's a life change. I've had these major events in my life, sure, mm-hmm. and then I've had these high of highs. Right. Yep. To me, playing the Grand Ole Opry, there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. As a country artist, to me, standing right. in the circle, and right. I've done it several times, and it's amazing every time. And so that part of it is perfect. And then the lows of, you know, you're you're um, you're looking at yourself in the mirror, kind of
1: like you let people down. Yeah,
3: like like. Man, all those millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's kinda like all those millions of people who voted uh in in to to hold you to a, a higher standard mm-hmm. than than what you're at mm-hmm. or or uh you know, and, and I, I have some of the best friends and, and, and family. Uh and support, but it's still it, there's there's that thing, and and I'll, I'll be honest, um, my wife, I, I I don't like talking to my wife about it because she's so she compartment she's so compartmentalized everything, she over mm-hmm. <laughs> over analyzes everything, and and so when I talk to her about it, it freaks her out, and mm-hmm. you know, so I just know, and I'm like I'm I'm okay, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna jump off a cliff, I'm 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 good, I'm, I'm okay, um, I have my days that I you know. It like, she's like, you're so quick tempered right now. You know, things set you off that never would have. That's not the, that's not. She's like, even the kids will say things mm-hmm. like dad, That's kind of pissed off a little bit all the time, you yeah, know? Yeah, And, and he, you know, dad'll snap quick. You know, I've always had a little bit of a temper of kind of, you know, but, um, it's never, I'm, it uh, got worse. It's a lot worse apparently. And I, I didn't see it and I haven't, I, I mm. see it now. I see it now a little bit, and and I'm I'm working on it. Here's the thing: I don't like taking medicine. I don't yeah, like taking medication, me and I know there's medications for what I have, and I know there's medications that probably help me. My wife takes them. My daughter takes them. Um, I don't want to take them, mm-hmm. and it's not that I feel I feel weak or anything like that. I just don't want to take them. I'm okay, and I'm going to figure it out. I have ADD. I just got my ass whooped when I was a little kid. My dad just whooped me because I I didn't know why I didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell him. Right, You know, back then ADD wasn't a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I just came up with my own mechanisms Mm -hmm. and coping to kind of be able to focus enough. Now, I can focus on things that I like and and I'm interested in. I can focus on them for long periods of time, but certain things, it's squirrel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
1: So. So Um, what are you doing? What are some of the things that you are doing in the reason? Look. The whole point of me bringing this up is to not expose you.
3: No.
4: And I appreciate your
1: vulnerability and talking about it. But for me, after I shared my story, I was blown away. And I'm not trying to make it sound like it was hundreds of people, but 20, 30 people reached out saying they can't walk into work because they just listened to my podcast and my story and they're wiping tears off their face. And they were grateful for me normalizing it and me sharing my story, especially men, especially men reaching out because as men were taught you don't share your emotions. You don't, you, you, you mm-hmm. just rub some dirt on it and yeah, you absolutely. get back up there and, you know, don't look like a pussy. You get back in the game, yep. you know? And, and but, and, and, and that's how I felt. You know, I was, that uh, was that guy who internalized all this. And I was like, man, if I, if I show this vulnerability, people are going to look at me as a fake and a phony and blah, blah, mm-hmm. all the things. Um, and what I found in telling that story is that there are so many other people who are going through that men in particular. And I want to do my part, from what I experienced to maybe normalize it a little bit to say it's okay. It's okay. And you can't internalize it because it is destructive.
3: Yeah, I agree. I I think, um,
1: so what are you doing to help you with?
3: (laughs) I try a little thing, hunting, fishing, um, helps a lot. I, I, I have, I'm, I'm, I have a strong faith in, in, um, I pray a lot. Mm hmm. That's you know, everybody, everybody says give it to God, right? You bet. Uh, and and I I think, um, I, I think I I'm better. I think I I I. Uh, it's weird. It's just because there's times that it's not good, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the times that I'm pissed off, or or little things set me, and it's dumb, and it and it's the. It's things that I would have never even cared about before. Mm. I worry about things, and it freaks me out. I I, I don't worry about things, you know. I mean, yeah. I know in my head that that's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not the worrier. Mm-hmm. My wife was. She's that's, and now she takes. I call them crazy pills. She takes her little pills, and she's okay. Okay. Yeah. I worry about things, and it's the dumb little things. It's the things that don't matter, mm. and I can't figure that out. And that's what's freaking me out so i'm trying to get better i'm trying to let things go you know um i and 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 i think it's here i'm I, i'm a emotional person i cry at movies i cry at commercials i'm just that guy and i don't mm-hmm. care good, you know good, I'm, I'm fine good. with it good. and i i i grew up in a loving home and and uh You know, we, we raise our children in a, we raised our kids in a loving home. They're all out of the house now. So it's just my wife and I, and she tries to get me out all the time, but, uh, you know, so it's kind of like, it's okay. It's okay to cry. If you're a man, Mm -hmm. it's okay. You know, and if you feel bad about it, you shouldn't, you know, it's okay. Yep. It's okay. We, it's okay for me. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not the most manly man on the planet, but I'm pretty close. You know, uh, I, I'm as rough and tough as anybody, mm-hmm. I think. And, and it's okay to cry, man. And it's okay to talk to people. Um,
1: that's the big one.
3: And, and I think and a lot of my friends, I, I know a lot of people who, who battle the same thing and maybe they don't even know because they, they don't understand what's going on. And, um, you know, so I don't know. I, I, right now it's, it's, it's at one of those times in my life where, you know I think if if I can continue on um the track and and start and start playing music more and more, obviously for two years, no one played music, yeah that been shut down, and it sucked it was bad because yeah. I had this new music that i was we had just recorded right at the end of two thousand nineteen, and I was so excited man i <laughs> we had a i mean I had a plan like we had people in place. Like we were, we were getting ready to kind of launch this thing again. And I was so excited because this music is good. It's the best I've ha- I have. It's the mm-hmm. best stuff I've recorded. That's I great. didn't write a damn thing of it. And it's okay because I'm like, right. I'll it's let the people, good, I will let the people do what they do. You know, right. Uh, why, why should I try to write a great song when, when all the great songwriters are right there on that one street? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. a thing. Ask Jason Aldean. Yeah. will <laughs> tell you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I have been fortunate to to get some really good stuff and so 2019 shut down. Uh my son played college football at Missouri Western. Offensive lineman. He had all 32 teams come look at him. Oh wow. He's a stud. He is a freaking stud. And uh he had a, a agent reach out and and uh you know take him and cuz the agent was like you're going to wear a helmet, dude. You're going to play in the league. That's awesome. And so we were so excited for him. And, and my son's very – he's so such a real person. He's hes like, Dad, it's not going to happen. I'm from a Division two school. And his agent actually said, they don't care where you came from. If you can play, they will find you. Yep. So all these teams came in and watched him play and practice and all this stuff, and it was really cool. And I, um, he played in the Hula Bowl in Hawaii um, in 2019 uh, – or 20, 2020. Whatever it was, anyway, mm-hmm. right there. At the, Covid was two thousand twenty. Yeah, so right before. Yeah, but so, so yeah. January probably. So January in yeah. January we were in Hawaii when he's playing in the Hula Bowl, the Senior Bowl. Yep. I'm like, dude. His his right his left guard was the LSU kid. Their right tackle was the LSU tackle. Oh wow! And I'm like, son, you can play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And he yeah. was like, oh, Yeah, I can. I can play. He kind of started believing himself. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, then he, they flew his, his agent flew him to Pittsburgh to train for eight weeks before his pro day. Okay. So he goes out there for eight weeks and trains his ass off and just, he's a beast. He's, 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 he's a, a huge stud, kid. Yeah. He's a stud. So anyway, we're, I'm so excited as a dad. You're thinking, my God, my kids are going to play in the NFL. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This, this, this is, is better than
2: your this whole is, thing. right?
3: Hell, I'm like, I'll give it all up, man. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. My kids. And, yeah. and so we were so excited and then COVID. Well, and I was, here we go. I'm starting my thing. He's yeah. got his thing going. We kind of lose traction on our thing with the music industry shutting down. His pro day gets canceled two days before the pro day. Mm. So we film his pro day. His okay. agent's like, go film it somewhere. So he does 30, 33 or 35 reps at 225. Jeez. Uh, he does, all, His his numbers are great. Everything is in the top 5% of all college football players, right? Wow. So then the NFL shuts all their programs down. I guess yeah. they can't bring people in and watch and all that. Sure. So Hayden, at that point, he's he. I think I think it hurt him. Hurt me probably uh, more for him than it hurt him. But he just you know he was like dad. His agent's like, look, Hayden, we're gonna we we might have this shot. Uh, you're too good to go to Canada and play. We're gonna have this shot maybe. In a, in a little while, in a few months, maybe to go to the XFL or USFL, whatever the yep mm-hmm. thing was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Hayden's like, okay, okay, okay. Well, he gets off the phone. I was in the truck. This is just a little sidebar. I was in the truck when the when the uh, New England Patriots called him on the phone. Really? I was in the truck with him. And they are like, mm. yeah, it, 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 was this Hayden? He's like, yes, sir. He's like, I'm so-and-so with the New England Patriots, man. We just want to let you know that... That's so cool. Love you. Wow. I'm like, wow, wow, yeah, wow. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, so right. Cool, right? Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so all this goes down. COVID shuts him down. And then he, again, he's like, Dad, I, I'm I'm okay. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm done. If, if I wasn't good enough to be – because he was going to be a late-round draft pick. That's okay. what his agent was like, you're a sixth, seventh-round guy or a high-priority free agent. But we have teams that have talked to us, and they said if he's still there in the sixth or seventh round, we're going to take him. Okay. So I'm like, okay, cool. We watch the draft. Here comes six of them around. No calls, nothing. His agent calls. Saturday's your day.
1: Saturday comes. Oh, boy. No calls.
2: And when is this?
1: The, for the draft, for the NFL, for the NFL draft. draft, so we're so they're they're into the sixth and seventh round,
3: and you know, and then after the sixth and seventh round, then the the free agent. Yep. After the draft is over, then free agency starts. Yep. So, his agent's like, "You're getting picked up tomorrow, right?" That's what they're thinking. And his agent is a big agent; it's not a small little agent. He has forty guys in the league. He's no, they've done this for thirty some years.
1: So, did he get any calls for free agency? Nope. So what? What? Why is this? I, what, what's I, the I deal with this agent?
3: I don't know. Well, we didn't. He didn't know either. He's like, I, I'm, I'm, we're baffled. We've talked to teams. They like him. Hmm. We're, so we're at the Hula Bowl. No, no, no. I, we were at the college gridiron showcase in Fort Worth. And the Green Bay Packers guy, uh, scout guy was there. And I was like, what's it take to be a scout, NFL scout? That's kind of a cool job, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's telling me, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, you got a kid here? And I said, yeah. My son, he's a Division two guy. And he's like, oh, where'd he go to school? I said, Missouri Western up in St. Joe. He's like, Hayden.
1: Mm, he knew.
3: He's like, yeah, we know Hayden. Good That's kid. Awesome.
1: That's awesome. I'm like, wow, okay.
3: You know what I mean? So I'm like, wow, yeah. right, this is amazing. Right. So then, anyway, so it didn't happen for him. And I think my son at that point said, Dad, and he did. He was like, Dad, I, he said, I don't, if I wasn't good enough to draft or to pick up as a high priority free agent or a free agent. Then what makes me think they're going to call me in a month or two? And I said, well, just like Harold, your agent said, th- people are going to get hurt. Mm. Those guys are going to go down. They need mm-hmm. practice squad guys.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was like, being a practice squad guy, it's only like 12 grand a week. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't yeah. suck. Yeah. You know, and he's like, no, I know. I get it. So, but he he was he just had it in his head that if he wasn't good enough to draft or be picked up as a free agent, he wasn't good enough to play. Now he was good enough to play. Obviously, when he was playing against all these kids from the the big power five schools, yeah, and he was winning in one on ones, and they weren't beating him. Mm-hmm. He was like, "No, I know I can play at this level," you know. But then again, in his mind, right, he's like, "I'm okay that I didn't make it. It's okay. I had a great college career. I'm all American. I did all this." Cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Four-year all-conference player. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on the the their all-decade team at Missouri Western. All this yeah. stuff. You know, all this cool stuff happened. He had a great career. Sure, and he's, he's done. I need to move on with my life.
1: Okay. Were you okay with it? No. So does Not this at all. Get, this gets does so this, this come back all, to yeah, the whole absolutely, mental absolutely. health stuff?
3: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. For me, because I'm thinking, no, 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 son, you can play. Yeah. You can play. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm dad now. Yeah. I'm like, no, you can play, and he's like, no, Dad, stop. I'm good. So then I was like, okay. So I had to back up. I really did. It mm-hmm. was it was tough. Sure. And I, I don't tell him. He, I, you know, he'll he'll listen to this and go, you're such an idiot. But uh, <laughs> but um, I didn't. You know, it was tough for me because I saw this kid who worked his ass off for everything that he got. Yep. Um, coming, you know, and 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 he did such a good job and all this stuff and to get this close and he got that close mm-hmm. and then it didn't happen. <laughs> so. Um, and then, and then (laughs) 2020, everything shut down for everybody, you know, uh, and, and so many baby acts just went away because they couldn't, they couldn't afford to stay and wait two years or a year or whatever. So they folded shop and went back to work, you know, and, and, um, you know, it sucks for them too. And, and like, so, you know, it's not cry me a river. I'm not, that's Uh, not what I'm saying, but but it's just like, it, it just sucked and, and, and it, continues it's like there's another failure right Mm. Right. there's another failure right is is it my fault no i didn't have control of covid i didn't have control of the industry shutting down and people losing a ton of money and all that stuff i didn't have any control of that but it's another failure yeah it's another opportunity that was there and now it's gone Mm -hmm. it's another opportunity for me just to look at myself and go well now what are you going to do now we're f- 3 years in you know now we're 2022 we're starting to play more you know we're starting to book shows and things are happening i'm having a great time doing it again and and so that's i think it's helping
1: good i don't know
3: but you know we'll see man I, and like i said I, I i do pray a lot i pray about it and um we'll see i mean um I'll
1: just say this. Um, First of all, again, thank you for sharing that and your vulnerability because that's hard to do. And even me, like I've said it, I don't know how many times on this podcast, not just this episode, but just all of them. And I still cringe inside like, oh, God, I'm saying this. Oh, I don't really want to say this. Um, But it's therapy for me. It's challenging me, you know, to say it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay because when I do it, then it gives people that courage to say, look, something ain't right. Something isn't right inside. And if, if Tate and Ronnie can talk about it, then maybe I should find my person to talk to about it too. But what I was getting ready to, you know, the point I wanted to make with this was, is obviously the, the internalizing part is key. It is the biggest thing. It was the biggest detriment to my issue. Uh, being as destructive as it was. But um, the other component to this was, um, gosh, dang it, now I just lost my train of thought. Crap. Um, so there's the internalizing part. And then um, I can't believe I can't remember what I was getting ready to say. I had somewhere I was going with this. <laughs> Bail me out real <laughs> quick. Bail me out. It'll come back to me.
2: Well, I wanted, I wanted to ask you a question about yeah. what you were you were kind of, I didn't want to <sighs> interrupt you. So when you were talking about realizing what you're feeling, are you realizing it in the moment? Like, do you know when it's happening? Like when you're, when you're mad and you're like, where did that come from? Or your wife's like, where did that come from? Do you know it's happening? No. So it's after.
3: Yeah. Then, then I realize well, why did I get mad? Mm -hmm. You know, then I'll I'll think my wife, my wife's, uh, Look, she's a saint. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Everybody yeah. says that about their wives and their spouses. Yeah. Oh, they're so yeah, good. Yeah. My wife is really good. I outkick my coverage for sure. But here's the thing. Uh, my wife is is my best friend. Yeah. I can tell her anything, but I can't tell her some things. Yeah. And this is one of those things that I couldn't tell her. And, and it's hard for me to even talk to her now about it because I think she, she then she's going to feel bad for yeah. me. And I don't want that. I don't right. want people to feel bad for me. Right. You know what I mean? I don't need that. I don't need you to feel bad for me. You know, but I just, so I don't know that it's happening when it's happening. I just, I know that I'll fly off the handle about something and some little dumb shit that it shouldn't be. And then, and then afterwards I'm like, you're an idiot, dude. Why? Right. Now I know. But, and so.
2: So then when you post analyze the, um, the failures, so whether it's, and I'm using the term because you used it. Yeah. So whether it's your career, whether it's your son in football, yeah. when you're post-analyzing that and you're going, hmm, why did I act that way or why did I do that? I, is it about how it made you feel or about how you think other people, and I, I won't name any names, but the reason we're here is because of something someone said about you. Is it about other people uh, um, misreading something or sizing you up and going... Oh yeah. Tate's to me. And that was, that's a shame. You know, he won the show and then, and then now what's he doing? I don't know. He's, I'm just asking, is it, is it about what other people think or is it how you're sizing yourself up?
3: Uh, both. Okay. Honestly, and, I, and, I, and just so I'm, I'm clear, I didn't come here to, to bash Travis at all. No, we love, know that. I love I Travis. He's a, I he's a good dude, and, and he has his own demons that he fights. 100 and like, like everybody does. Yeah. 100%. So, but, no, I just wanted to clear up those few little things that he had I'm wrong about me. But here's the thing. Uh, you're both. The answer okay. is both. Because I do look at myself. I do judge myself a lot harder, and I think all artists do. Mm-hmm. I think we all, as an artist, when, when you look at yourself – there's that insecurity mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I know I'm fat. I know it. I know. You don't have to tell me. I know I look in a mirror every day. But, you know, people like Luke Combs kind of give me a little hope, you know. Sure. Um, right, and, right, and, right, right. But you know what i say saying. So it, there's, the, there's that insecurity that I have. And I know I have it. Yeah. And, and like I said, most artists do. Most people do. Most people do. Absolutely. So any, but, any given. but when when you stand on a stage yeah. and you're presenting something that you yeah. want to, you're trying to sell something yes. to a crowd, whether you're playing or singing or whatever yeah. you're doing, all those eyeballs, whether it's 10 eyeballs or 10,000 eyeballs, yeah. when they're staring at you, you get that, uh, you should have put the fork down. <laughs> you should have went to the gym. You should, I, And I'm being serious. It's, it's a mm-hmm. real thing. Yeah. yeah. And... You, you don't screw up don't screw up don't screw up you screw this song up every time you sing it right here remember the words
1: <laughs> you know what i mean like right. serious no, yeah, and it's yeah. like
3: okay i made it through that okay we're good right and then it's the people that i when i dude i have my name on a water tower right
1: yeah that was cool it's cool
3: yeah but it sucks it, and 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 what I mean by that is every time I drive by, I don't look at it anymore hmm. because it's like it's a it's that constant reminder. Don't suck, stupid. Right. You, gotta oh. do, you gotta do you gotta do this. You gotta live up to you gotta live up to up up that there. man. Right? You know? Right? I love it, and I'm so. I get it, bro. To have to have people hold you in 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 that that regard that they put your name on a sure. water tower. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it was crazy and it was it was this cool like I made it, right? I I I did it, I made it. Yeah. When you go to Moore, Oklahoma, it says the home of Toby Keith. Mm-hmm. When you go to Yukon, it says the home of Garth Brooks. Yeah. When you go drive through Belton, it says Tate Stevens. Yeah.
1: I made it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Right. So I totally get it what you're saying. So man.
3: there's that. And and it hurts. Like it hurt. I love it, and and it's so cool, right? And yeah. people are like, dude, I saw your water tower. Yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. They give me free water. They <laughs>
2: don't. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a water bill, guys. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. no, they, it. they don't have. I don't. Right. You know, so it's it's that. But I want to
1: tap it's, into your <laughs> irrigation system.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but but you know what I mean. So it's both, and and I I I feel like. um I don't know. Yeah, it's both. It's just both because I know people look at me now or looked at me then even when I won. And they're like, yeah, he's not that good.
5: Okay, I don't care if
3: you like me. Mm -hmm. You know, out of 250,000 people that auditioned for that show,
5: Mm
3: -hmm. I won. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: That's pretty cool. And I'm happy and I'm proud of that. And like I said, I will always be proud of that. And I'm always blessed to have that in my life and have that whole thing go on and all that. But there's that thing that's that that kind of drives it home. What are you doing today? Right. Ten years ago you were really cool. Yeah. You know, I still sing. I think I sing better now than I did then. Right. But it's like and, and okay, great. Right. What have you done?
2: So what are you so doing? So is that why you wouldn't do it over again? Is 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 what we've talked about for the A last little bit, yeah. A whatever it's been yeah. thirty minutes, The last five
3: minute. hours. Yeah, no, no yeah, I just mean
2: sorry. I just mean the the real part when you say yeah. Ugh, yeah. If I knew what I knew,
1: yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I got my thoughts back. I'm <laughs> like, believe- how many questions do I, have I to know? Ask? Right, you- I was just waiting for you to shut up. Uh, I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> What's new? So, um, the so the internalizing big number yeah. one thing. Yeah. The yeah. one there's two more things, um, that were important to me. When I left radio and started doing this kind of entrepreneurial spirit, I was really down the road, forward thinking, making goals, having goals, you know, being a control freak, white knuckling. And when I couldn't control anything anymore, and especially what, while I was internalizing and all the emotions, yeah, that's when I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. Um, so I stopped li- worrying about what I what's going on tomorrow, what's going on in, you know, 3 months from now. What can I control today? Right. And what can I do to make myself 1% better today than I was yesterday? And that's what has kind of helped me. Yeah. The other thing that you just touched on, which I didn't even think of until you said it, was when I left radio and started doing this, you know, the TV show and then got involved with all these other business ventures, I didn't care. About what other people think. In fact, when I left radio, I left radio. I hung it up. I had no intention, no desire to come back. And, you know, hey, it's really cool. I had a great time. Met a lot of great people. Great experiences. I'm done. Don't care if this is where I'm going. Don't care what anybody thinks. Mm -hmm. Then I start having success. Then I have younger people like Q and Dakota who are reaching out to me, and they're wanting to pick my brain, and they want to be a sponge, and they want to learn from me and see because they've <laughs> seen this success, and they're like, uh, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to, trump you know, stumble and fall, and oh my god, all these people were starting to look up to me, and they were starting to see this success, and yeah. and, and 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 now if I tell them talk to them about what I'm doing. You know, like I'm going to be a fake. I'm going to be a fun. Now, all of a sudden I care about what other people think. Sure, I'm challenging myself today to stop caring about what other people think. I care about my family. You know, I care about my friends. You know, I care about what God thinks and, and I'm trying to challenge myself to do better in that area. But anything outside of that, it's kind of like my, our friend Dakota says the people who are being critical or, or talking shit, what are they doing? What right. are they right. doing? You know, the ones that are want to be critical, the Tate Stevens, go what you did ten years ago. What are you doing yeah. now? What have you done? What have you done? Well, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing, dude? Who gives you the right to talk? You know, like there's yeah. probably people that are making fun of me for doing this podcast. You know, like here's the thing: yeah. if you ain't trying, you you're dying.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I
1: I, you can either get to living or get to dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense. Makes anyway, sense. I just had a little rant there. I'm sorry. There you go. Anyway, you did. Good job. I just want no, to I say think. it because I feel like it's important for people who are in a rut just to, if it gives them a little bit of a boost. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I agree with that. All right. You want to play your guitar? I can. Okay. We're going to do this real quick and then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up and we're yeah, going to have know. him, you know what you're going to play? I figured it out okay here we go (laughs) we're going to wrap up this episode of the Papa Rom Podcast in just a bit When we got Tate Stevens coming back he's got his guitar he's going to play us a really cool song hopefully it's one of his new songs because he says he's got these really great new songs the best songs he's ever had in his life and I want to hear what maybe one or two of those songs sound like it's coming up next as we wrap up the Papa Rom
0: Podcast pomper podcast is brought to you by the award-winning heartland waterfowl airing now on sportsman's channel check heartlandwaterfowl.com for airtimes the all-new season 9 debuts in july on sportsman's channel and don't forget about the new original series on the heartland waterfowl youtube channel check it out and don't doubt the scout now back to the pomper podcast here's ronnie phillips
1: Heartland Waterfowl Season 9 is out right now. You should check it out. Fire airing five days a week, 52 weeks a year. And it's going to be, the new season's going to be airing through the end of the year. And we're getting ready, actually. Quentin Q, who's back behind the scenes running the video. He and I and Dakota, the guys from Marathon Media Management and the rest of the Heartland Waterfowl team, excuse me, are hitting the road to go film, uh, leaving Thursday, actually, at 4 o'clock in the morning to go film Season 10. Unbelievable, the wow. season 10 of Heartland Waterfowl. Wow. And so, a brand new YouTube initiative came out last year. We're adding to that this year with a, a series called Behind the Blind, which is going to be a lot of fun, which is a lot of why we see this new technology here that we were. You us started about an hour and 20 minutes late because we were trying to figure out what this equipment does. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate your guys' patience with us getting yeah, late with that. But absolutely. anyway, if you get a chance, subscribe to the Heartland Waterfowl YouTube channel and be looking here uh, over the course of these this uh, next 2022, 20, 2023 20, hunting season. There's going to be a plethora of new content coming out. All right, mm-hmm. Tate Stevens, what you got for me?
3: Well, I'm assuming I can try want to do this while you were talking. Yeah, do it.
1: <laughs> but. this is a very raw and authentic podcast. He tunes it
2: by <laughs> ear without an electronic tuner. That's
3: right. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could play this thing. Oh, do you have a
2: tuner on it? Yeah. Oh, you do? Oh, I lied.
3: A
1: little snark tuner. Um, it's, it's a snark. Mm-hmm. Did you call it a snark tuner? That's
3: what it's called, snark. Okay. Oh.
1: Well, you had Jill fueled.
2: Yeah. I thought you were like, She's like wow, just wow, listening. Yeah, wow. Oh, old pitch. school. Yeah.
1: Sorry that the acoustics aren't the greatest in here. If you've noticed, I did put up some acoustic paneling. I've got some more I over there that, that I yeah. need to put up, but. um. See that? Well, oh,
2: that's not right, was it? The goose feathers have to help.
1: Right? Yeah, actually, all they, the crap that's on the wall they, helps out a lot. <laughs> a lot of dead stuff really on the wall. It really would. It does. That bobcat over there, whatever that yeah, is. Yep, there's yeah. two bobcats. There's one over there, too.
3: Sounds
1: terrible, don't Tate. Don't be like up now. Act Come like on. you've tuned a guitar before. I, I you
3: know, <laughs> right, whatever. Close enough for the girls. I date.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh All right, what are we doing here?
3: It's called Let's Not Let It. It's what? Let's Not Let
1: It. Let's Not Let It. All right, Tate Stevens.
4: That sun is going to set. Let's not let it. Another day is going to end. Let's not let it. That moon is going to look down on you and me with that old frown, wishing we to work this thing out right here. Right now, let's not let something we'll probably laugh about tomorrow Take us to that place where so many who give up gold. we can quit and we can try. Love can live and love can die if we let it. So baby, let's not let it. So we get fighting mad. Well, who hasn't? It won't be the last time it happens Girl, we've got to hang tough Let's find out what we're made of It's gonna rain and get rough So what? That's love Let's not let something we'll probably laugh about tomorrow Take us to that place Where so many who give up go we can quit and we can try love can live and love can die if we let it so baby let's not let it we can quit. Wicked child, love can live, and love can die. Let's not let something we'll probably laugh about tomorrow take us to that place where so many who give up go, and we could quit. We can try love can live and love can die if we let it So baby let's not let it Oh let's not let it Yeah
5: <laughs> <laughs> Woo!
1: in studio audience loved it. That was really good, bro. So is that one of the new songs that you were really pull your microphone up there?
3: Yeah, that's uh that that's one of the ones that we, you know, are
1: really excited about and uh so where are you at with that single? Are are you trying to push it somewhere well, or what are so, you are you doing anything with it?
3: Well, yeah, we we we've started we started to try to Okay, so it's the the game has changed so much and it's like every day it seems like there's a different way to do things, hmm. and and there's a better, a new better way, and and you see TikTok, and you see all these people on TikTok, which I've started doing some TikTok things, and I'm just not good at, I'm I'm terrible at social media. My social media presence is used to be really good when we had a team of people doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just
1: need to pay somebody to do it.
3: Yeah, well, all
4: right. <laughs> uh, can I borrow? Some I did. I, I will tell. I will
1: say. I went to your uh, Instagram the other day, and you hadn't posted anything since like July 16th, and I was like, "Take, yeah, hey, come well, on, I mean, man," I just,
3: because. I don't post just any. Here's the thing: I'm not the guy that if I go to the store, I'm not posting it. I don't. Oh look, I got a bottle of water. (laughs) You know what I mean? Look at my shoes. (laughs) Coffee selfie. Yeah, none of
4: that. I'm just not like
3: I'm not like into that kind of thing. I understand. I only like if if it's something musically related or something like that. I'll I'll you know post about it or something. Or if it's something that I like want to know about. You know. Okay, but let me ask you this:
1: You do a podcast yeah so what your podcast again is called the sweet life podcast right and yeah. is this like a once a week deal or just well, whenever yeah, you we get around doing to it, doing we were, it
3: we we haven't done them in a while because we've been playing so much we we do okay. them we record them and then we release them like on thursday i think it was like thursdays okay. every thursday was a new one we've done three seasons of them and and um it's just
1: we talk. okay so my so. thing is your podcast is just you and your buddies yep. aj i guess get on there and you play some songs and you probably just talk about real life stuff right Right. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. We talk
4: okay, about okay. So, everything.
1: what's the difference in in, in in with that, and then going on Instagram and creating a a story or a reel that just says, "Hey, we're going and doing this," or "I had this experience," or I "had this thought," or whatever, and doing I, that, it's like a daily diary,
3: right? And 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 I I think about that stuff, and then it's kind of like, oh, there's something <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair, this is the, fair enough. You know what I mean? That's, fair enough. It's kind of like, I know I need to do this. I know I need to post. I need to be on Twitter. I need to be on Facebook. I need to do those stuff. And, it's tough. And it's tough. It's tough. But I, it's just sometimes coming up with the content because I'm not the guy, I'm not going to grab my guitar
1: and I'm going to go, hey guys, what do you think about this? I'm no. starting to
3: write this song. Bro, what do you think about it's that? It's raw and authentic.
1: You know? Authenticity wins in anything in today's digital world. I truly believe that. Just be yeah. you. Just be you. Be authentic. And if they don't dig you, to hell with them.
3: Yeah, I gotta change it's the strings. My strings are so dead from That's sweating on is. them and
2: everything. <laughs> I think
3: what you I th- uh, this
2: is just my opinion, because I could listen to you talk. I mean, I've listened to you talk for how many how <laughs> Two many and a
3: hours half hours. It's like we've
1: been for here a two day. hours and thirty-five minutes.
2: And an hour and a half while we waited before that. Yes. Uh no, so seventeen hours total. But like <laughs> you're a great storyteller. I mean, I know you probably are like, I don't know, eighty you know, squirrel, and and you maybe you think you're not a good storyteller, but you're a good storyteller. Yes. So I mean you could not that you need my opinion, but you could turn that into content because I was going to ask you earlier, you were talking about this Joe Diffie story and yeah. the Opry story and the, these, all these stories, maybe it's about a songwriter, about a song or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope those are documented somewhere other than your brain and your memory.
3: Sure. I, I and on the sweet life podcast, like I told my story and, and yeah. I talk about certain things, certain and, stories and things yeah. that happen. Yeah, I tell those yeah. stories.
1: And Do you stuff. video that podcast? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's on YouTube. You realize okay. you
1: can take a short form segment of that podcast and turn that and into, turn yeah. it in that into social media content, and it's not, and now you're not only promoting your brand, but you're promoting the podcast. But it does take time. I mean, I do that with mine, right. but it's not something you just go boom, release. Right. It takes right. a little bit of time.
3: AJ does all the editing. <laughs> And
1: Aj, get it together, man. To Let's talk. get some.
3: I feel it's terrible because you, you see how much I like to talk, yeah. um, and he and I, I say um and uh, yeah, and I I'll repeat myself and I'm, and I I get caught in a thought um, that that I can't get out, and mm-hmm. so I start focusing and mm-hmm. and I'll say the same thing five times, and he's like, dude,
1: come on, what are you
3: doing? <laughs> You're killing me. I gotta edit all this out. You know,
1: see, so- I don't edit any of this. I don't. When I screwed up there and I lost my train of thought there, I just really subscribe to in today's digital world, authenticity wins.
3: Yeah, I, I, you're you're probably right. But we we keep
1: ours to like under an hour. We try to yeah, you know. I should probably do better You know, better just because that. look, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I guess of, I know. My podcasts go long. I get but I get long winded and I like asking lots of questions and I like to hear what people have to say.
2: And here's the thing, and there's lots of rules because I've talked to people about you know well the rules, and, you, and I heard you say on, on one of your podcasts, you know, you got to pick a, you got to pick a topic, you got to pick a, what's your lane, you know, yeah. are you going to be hunting, are you going to be country music, are you going to yeah, be that's this? That's not you gonna... me.
1: Now we do,
3: we're everything. We talk about everything.
2: Yeah,
1: you're right though. I mean, I somebody that, that's
2: that's how it's do- and, and you're supposed to you're supposed to record eight episodes before you release any episodes, so that when people like it, then they can go listen to a whole bunch of your episodes. You know, like you don't just. Put one out and then put the next one Yeah, out I broke
1: all those are real sweet. <laughs> and then the
2: time, you know, keep it under this amount of time or in between this amount of time and this one. But here's the thing like, if I go start a podcast, if I go start listening to yours, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Granger Smith, I love his podcast.
1: He is good. It,
2: so good. Um, or if I'm listening to,
1: too? I don't know. He, he, he does he, preach. He, yeah. I mean, he, he if he's not a preacher, he could be one.
2: Yeah, right. Or so if I'm listening to a sermon, because I was going back and listening to a sermon series that I missed some of. I can go pick it back up where I stopped. So, what What difference does it make if it's an hour exactly. and 20 minutes exactly. or two and a half hours? If it was interesting and I want to go back, I can go finish. I can go pick up where I left off and finish it. If it wasn't interesting and I don't care, fine. I move on to the next episode. My most
1: popular podcast is The Kelsey Smith Story. The Kelsey Smith Story went over three hours I with her. I saw that. Parents. And I
2: haven't listened to it yet.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Gets I deep. You like know, Kelsey it Smith, Kelsey Smith was abducted in like broad daylight in front of a Target store in Overland Park. And she was uh, not only abducted, but raped and murdered and found at Logview Lake. And this was like two, what I say? What was uh, 2007 or something like that. I can't that sounds, remember. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And so her parents became uh, friends with the radio station. The radio station helped to do some charity stuff to raise money to start uh, found their foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I became friends with them. And and so when I was doing some topics about PTSD, Greg reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, I've got some issues from PTSD from being in the Navy and serving 20 plus years in law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I got to have you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to talk about PTSD, but I want to talk about Kelsey. Let's lift her up. And, and I'm telling you that show, well, I mean, they went over three hours, but it is far and away the most popular, most listened to podcast mm-hmm. of the six. Well, well, after today will be 16 podcasts. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so that whole, like, well, it's gotta be an hour, you know, like I'm not buying it. I mean, that, maybe right. it works, maybe it works, but right. I'm, I'm just trying to be authentic to who I am. Right. And you are too. And yeah. Joe's going to help Joe come out with a podcast, and she's going to do the same thing. She might be better at playing by the rules, but <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, we,
3: here's the thing I've short attention span anyway. So I'm like, people probably aren't going li- to want to listen to me talk for more than about an hour. So let's keep it that. Yeah. And AJ's like, yeah, thank God. I don't want to have to edit all that. <laughs> so some of our podcasts will go for like two hours. Yeah. And he's like, gee. I going to try to make this work. And uh, yeah. now some of them are a little over an hour, but most of we try to keep them to like 45 minutes to an hour. Sure. And we do a lot of top tens and favorites and <laughs> things like that. He was over here
2: going, Hey, Ronnie, listen to that. Listen to that. guy. Yeah. <laughs>
3: listen to what he's Wrapping saying. Up. You hear that hour Wrapping thing? Like, up. I don't know. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that, that's, you know, um, I, I, our podcast is, like I said, we, we talk about hunting and fishing. I have my buddies on, I've had, uh, artists on, we're going to have Craig and and guys from Diamond Rio and stuff on, so
1: Ronnie Phillips from Heartland Waterfowl. We
3: will have Heartland Waterfowl on for sure. There we go, for sure. I want to come hunting. Here is the thing: I don't eat go. duck or goose. I know you. It's don't. gross, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is <It's> gross. <laughs> it's gross. I don't care what you say. It's I've gross. never eaten it either. Um, and and everybody's like, you just haven't had. No, I've had it wrapped in bacon. I've had it in stuffed in other things,
1: and it sucks. <laughs> so you really, still haven't done it. Right. It does take a lot of TLC to make it taste good, but you obviously haven't had it done right like yeah okay right Yeah, uh, anyway. anyway so you want to go you just don't want to eat it yeah i'll shoot them okay we'll just donate them to somebody who's and, less yeah. fortunate who could probably absolutely. use the meat
3: i do that every year with deer yeah we, we donate a few just to feed people because they're yep. hungry and deer meat's great and uh so
1: you know <laughs> and you're trying to thin out your doe herd absolutely gotta yep. do some doe patrol yeah we call
3: it yep early season man early bow season is just doe patrol you exactly. know exactly we try to kill about a hundred of them um, that's a lot of, no, I'm just, <laughs> not, that's an exaggeration. Oh,
1: you said you had 700 acres we or do. something. Yeah. yeah we that's a work. lot of, that's a lot of ground. But,
3: wow. uh, now i obviously, you know, some of it's non-huntable, you got gotcha. the middle of a hayfield, okay. you, know, right, right. you know, you got a 40 acre hayfield and there's, you know, you can sit in the middle of it and maybe try to pick one off at a distance, but yeah. So yeah, we, we do that. I love hunting and fishing and, and, um, so we talk about that talk, obviously music, we tell our stories and, and stuff, and we have our favorites. And talk about food. I love cooking. Uh, Obviously, look at me. I love it. I love eating and cooking. But um, you got
1: to get over this fat complex that you've No, got. I'm not. I
3: don't
4: have a
1: complex about it now. I'm just, I've embraced it. See? Good. It's just an embraced thing. I mean, I'm not saying you're fat. Yeah, I am. You don't saying, have to say it. I no. know.
3: But, no, and, and it's, you know, uh, it was on my train. So we're on, I'm mowing up there at the, our farm. <sighs> And <laughs> I got poison. I have you all over me right oh, now. No, it's all my neck and stuff. I'm terribly <laughs> allergic to it. And uh, it's all on my arms and, and stuff. And I, I use that Zanfell soap to help get it off. But anyway, yeah, it's on there. Uh, I'm trying not to itch my face right now. Cause is, is
1: it bad? Yeah. You're well and it's warm in this room. Warm, you got so the lights and yeah. all of us talking and cameras and all the electric. Yeah, yeah.
3: So I just had this start to pop up a little bit ago. It's probably from the guitar, right? Is that no. start bothering you because no. of like the, your no, it arm was on the. In there, start popping oh, up in there. Okay. Oh. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but I can't touch my face. So if I don't, if you see me rub my neck, I got it right there on my neck. And, it's, and I had a long sleeve shirt on, but I we have an open air tractor. So I was, oh, I was mowing. There you thing. go.
1: I've heard of people getting poison ivy that way just by air.
3: I get it in my eyes. Ugh. In my-
1: I've never had it, thankfully. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Um, I, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to this since we talked and then Jill and I had a really good conversation, I guess last weekend and, yep. um, in in just about a couple of different things. And I was like, you know, <laughs> it's been a while. Let's, let's just all connect and let's yeah, do this. And so challenge. I was really looking forward to this and I really enjoyed it. Um, I again, appreciate your vulnerability and in talking about all the things that are probably really difficult to talk about. And I understand that because it's, it's difficult for me, but, um, you got an open invite to come on this show anytime you like, buddy.
3: Absolutely, I appreciate it, I and I'm, appreciate I'm a fan.
1: And anything awesome. that I can ever do to lift you up or promote you, don't ever hesitate to reach out.
3: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I, I, like I said, thank you for having me. And and not that what I said or anything will help anybody, but um, you know,
1: don't sell yourself the short. Reason,
3: the reason why I play music is uh, music is a is a, a the best medium to move your soul mm-hmm. and to help people uh power of a love song uh, i'll go back to that it, it is true the song is true uh, music can make you laugh it can make you cry uh bring out those feelings that you didn't know you had even in some mm-hmm. songs um so it's a true song and and that not to pimp my first single but that that's part of the reason that i love this song uh and uh, that i thought it was a really good song mm-hmm. is because that's what how i feel music is to most people mm-hmm. um and I know it is for me, and, it, and music helps me all the time, you know, um, in, in that way. And, and it's kind of therapeutic a lot, getting in the car and, and, and just singing at the top of my lungs at, for a song that whatever, you know, and that, that I'm feeling. And um, that's why I love performing, and, and that's why I'll continue to do it as long as I can. Uh, just because of mu- it's just music's
1: great. You got a lot of tread left on those tires, pal. I you hope, need to keep on trucking. I hope. I hope. We'll see. Jill, any parting words?
2: No, while he was talking, and I thought you were going to cry, and I thought you were thinking of a song, and I, do you have a song that always makes you cry? Like, every time you hear it, like, without uh, fail, like, you know if you either sing it or you hear it, you're going to cry?
3: Um, There's a couple. Uh, One is... um. <clears throat> it's a Joe Diffie song. Uh and and um It was on the the uh regular Joe album and uh it, it <laughs> I my dad's still alive, you know, mm-hmm. and and he, he's, he's 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 not doing great, he's seventy five, but he's he's still alive, still mm-hmm. going moving. And and uh the song it just talks about Uh, a boy growing up playing catch with his dad and then going through life and everything and he's always there and you were always my best friend and then at the end of it he was like I better go it's almost dark I've rambled long enough I just came by to see the stone and tell you dad I
5: miss Mm. you so much Mm. Mm.
3: first time I heard it I was like you know instantly Mm -hmm. I'm a a kid Mm -hmm. I was in high school I'm like damn so I was talking I got to talk to Joe not to make this go any longer but I, I I talked to him about that song and he was like, dude, it took me several takes to get. And he goes, my dad was live. My dad drove Toby Key's tour bus for a long time. Yeah. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Joe's dad. I didn't and, know that. And, and so um, he said, uh, he was like, dude, it took me several takes in the studio to get through that line. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had to put the emotion in it. Yeah. But then it, it got too much. And I started really thinking about my dad. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, so that song. And I can only imagine. Yes. Oh, yeah. That gets me every time. Every time. I. Got every up. time. I am, I'm wailing, and I know it's uh, it sounds horrible because I'm singing as loud as I can sing, and, yeah. and just that those two songs for me probably are more than any other song. Do you
1: ever perform that song?
3: I can only imagine. No, yeah. I wouldn't make it. wouldn't make it through it. Really? Immediately.
2: I can remember somebody singing that at Whiskey Tango, and I was like, I hear the music start. It was Emerson Drive, and I hear the music start, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm not joking. I was, I was at that one of those tall tables over by the yeah. door to go out the side. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? And I, like I was overcome and I was, I'm raising my hands and I'm crying really? in the, in the middle of whiskey tango to a Canadian band, yeah. country band singing. <laughs> and I, hey, every it time moves
3: you, I'm telling you, that's every why time. I love music.
1: That is really You're, cool. I did not know that. Uh <laughs>
3: There, Yeah, that song. It's that. It's one of those songs. I got to meet Jesus. Uh, not really Jesus, but Jim Gatheisel, the guy who played Jesus. Oh, no, yes. I got to meet him and Mel Gibson. Um not name dropping again. I don't do that. But um, we spent about three hours together in Fort Worth. Why? And, uh, How? Through an organization that I belong to called HelpingAHero.org. We build houses for wounded warriors.
1: That's awesome, yeah, man. Is
2: that so, one of your podcast episode stories?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think okay. so. Um, if not... We'll I'm not
2: it. trying to tell you. I don't want you to tell the story now. No. But I'm telling you, I have to pee really,
3: <laughs> <It'll be laughs> well, really bad. Okay, so anyway, I'll just tell this. Quick. <laughs> it's quick. It's quick. I promise. I promise. It's quick. So, so, I'm
1: putting a timer on you, yeah, pal. You know so
3: so um, I'm sitting there talking to him, and, and then I realize, I'm like, oh, my God. I said, I I, I told Mel Gibson, I said, uh, A and Jim, they were sitting there, and we're just kind of talking discussing things and I told them I was like I'd like to try to act in different things and uh-huh. they're like you should dude you know uh-huh. you know I think you'd be great and I told them my kind of my story and they're like how come we've never heard of you mm. and I'm like I don't know and they're like you should be a huge star man mm. you are amazing mm. and I'm like thank you appreciate it whatever and anyway so we I kind of tell them what happened and they're like that's a movie you need to write it your 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 life is a movie dude mm. and I'm like Hmm, good idea. So we're in the process of that too. So Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And uh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know that it'll ever happen, but we're trying it. Yeah. Um,
2: would you play you or would you have somebody else play
3: No, no. I'm not. And I, I don't even know it'll be no, I me. I don't even know it'll be me. I think we might even make it like a female, but it'll be my life. Yeah. It's, it's your story. My story. Yes. So I won't be. Yeah. No, that's weird. Making your own story. That's. <laughs> Weird, I can't wear my own. Well, it's hats. weird
2: that you're gonna be a female. No, <laughs> yeah.
3: hey, it's it's hey, it's twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two and everything, right, but okay. I uh, so anyway, I, I see him and I said, I said the Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Um, I said I can't. I watched it once. Yeah. And I said I can't watch it. Yeah. It's hard. And and, and Jim was like, Yeah, it's it's tough. And I said, No, I feel like it's my fault. Hmm. Right. And and Mel Gibson is so he's so nice, but he was he's so like like intense. Intense. And he's I like, I can see, oh, see that. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, Well that that's we did our job then. Yeah. And that's what we were and he goes, but it's not your fault. Yeah. Just know that. Right. And I'm like, I know, but I don't know why I feel like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I'm so weird. I'm (laughs)
3: I'm so weird. I'm going to stop talking.
1: You know.
2: I'll stop asking questions. I
1: think, I think that you've got a heart. That's one thing I can understand is that, you know, when you start Hmm. talking like that, you know, it's not about you being weird for me. It's like, man, the guy's just got a lot of emotion and that's what makes you cool, man. That's what I like about having you here today. So let's wrap this up. I want to thank Jillian, Greg, for being here. I want to thank Tate Stevens for being here, Quentin Berlinick, and also Dakota Thurn, Marathon Media Management. Also Rick Hunter in Tucson, Arizona. Rich um, Donovan in San Francisco, helping with the production elements of this show. Thank you for listening or watching the Papa Ron Podcast. Have a great night.
0: If the show, hit subscribe now and tell your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and other social platforms. To participate on the show, leave a message with your comments or questions by calling or texting 816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Papa Ron Podcast.